Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Sounds good to me. So this is another one of these last minute days where I'm, I'm doing stuff. In fact, I'm still uploading my uh, my interview. Um, I had a uh, an idea last night. I said, well, what can I do? I've got a third hour. What am I going to do with it? So I looked at my interviews, and I found this amazing one with Ben Garrison. And so this was done, I think I've been at WBY. These are WBY classics. I've only been there for uh, a short time. And this I think like two months. And I had this incredible interview with this cartoonist named Ben Garrison. And so, like usual, I sought him out and I said, well, let's see if we can uh, get this guy on. Okay, it hasn't shown up yet on my, uh, on my board. I might, <laughs> here's what's going to be, it's, it's probably still uploading. Here's what's going to get interesting because and, and it's uploading now. I didn't know if I could do two things at the same time. Could I start the show on time? And could I uh, get this done? It's got about another two, two or three minutes to upload. We'll find out. Yeah, Block Talk is always an adventure. Fortunately, most of the things that uh, the mistakes that I make, they've, they, I guess other people have made them first and they've thought about that and they've taken care of it. So we shall see. Today's going to be an interesting day. We've got the first hour with me. Uh, so feel free to call 215-383-3832. Uh, the second hour, we've got, uh, it's, uh, it's been a while since he's called in. In fact, uh, he used to, uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse, used to do the, the Creek Tribe Report, and now it's the Creek Band, Santa Rosa Creek Band. And I'm curious why the terminology changed. But it's been a couple of years, it was about a year or so since he's been on, and it's been a couple of years since they've had the, the powwow, which has now changed to the, uh, the Creek Fest. And so it's interesting, the Creek Tribe, you know, when I, when I grew up, and I, I talked to Dan about this, uh, his name is Chofoko Suta. And that's, uh, that's uh, Chief uh, Dan Skyhorse in uh, Muskogee. Uh, my name is Oponyo Suta. You know, uh, his name means uh, Sky Horse. His my name is Guy Talker. So we both share the the common name Sky, and that's where the the Suta comes from. Um, and it's interesting in the Muscogee language. I'm starting to learn it, and hopefully Dan will be on regularly so that I can keep learning. <laughs> you know, I could do it on my own, but if you don't if you don't practice it, if you don't speak it, you know, what's the point? Um, and so that's something that I want to uh, get better at. Because the Tribal Council made me a member of the Creek uh, Tribe, the Santa Rosa Creek Band, back when uh, I had the folks from uh, the Creek Tribe on the, and the council and Dan, and he was vice chief then. And we had um, meetings, I think, well, I don't know if we did the show, like once every couple of months at least, maybe even more than that. I would have the Creek Tribe on. And it took me a long time to, to get uh, the folks to come on the show. Um, Sam Nichols, the chief uh, before uh, uh, Dan, uh, Dan was on, was... Um, it was interesting. It took a while for, for us to kind of get to know each other. And so there was initial suspicion. Um, you know, it's like, hey, I want to put you guys on the radio. He says, okay, fine. All right. Let me think about it. This is uh, Chief Nichols. He says, come back in six months. Okay, I can do that. I wait six months, come back. Hi, remember me? <laughs> you know, with my, my bouncy, uh, childlike optimism, <laughs> you know, in my late 50s, right? So, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, okay, well, let me think about it a little bit more. A couple months later. Okay, yeah, I guess we can do it. So we got um, the chief and vice chief and a couple of other tribal members uh, into WBY. And then we started this regular, uh, um, regular meeting. I think it might even be monthly. I'll have to go back and check my records. But it was fascinating. And uh, after a while, because I wanted 
you know, what I thought then was the Native American voice, now, now American Indian voice. Uh, Native American applies to too many people. It's interesting. You talk to Ameri- American Indians, they don't like Native American. You talk to anybody else, you have to say Native American. Otherwise, they go on this, you know, you know, white middle class guilt trip. It's really kind of funny. And I, you know, was careful, but, you know, I didn't know how much I could say. And, of course, Dan and I have become very good friends you know, over this time. And so it's been, it's been fascinating. So he'll be on because I want to hear about what's been going on with, um, with the band since, uh, and when I say band, I'm not talking music band, you know, the Creek tribe, what's been going on with the, the, the Creek since uh, COVID because it's been two years since we've had the, the powwow now the Creek fest. And I really miss it because I had some friends there, you know, particularly chief black Eagle, who's a Cherokee chief. And we used to talk, he remember me too, you know, I come at once, we only talk once a year, you know, at the, at the now Creek fest. And some other uh, folks, but uh, and also members of, of the Creek Tribe that I don't see a whole lot, just because I'm busy, they're busy, life goes on, and uh, and I'm not part of the Tribal Council. I'm just a I'm just a member, which is as it should be. Um, but that's it's kind of interesting. So so that's our second hour. First hour is me, and the third hour I've got uh, I was actually still uploading, <laughs> you know, and doing this uh, um, thing with uh, Ben Garrison. Now Ben is is a, is a fascinating cartoonist. Really, truly uh, amazing cartoonist. In fact, well, let's have some fun here. Let's see if I can do this without ruining the show. <laughs> let's see if I can keep broadcasting and go to another screen. Let's go to audio clips and see if the whole thing falls apart. And we'll just try this right now and see what I can do. And hopefully I can keep, yeah, apparently I can keep broadcasting. Let's go audio clips. Let me see if it's, uh, if it's still uploading. It should have uploaded by now. Let's check it out. Uh, looks like we are, let me see. Yeah. I don't see it yet. Maybe it's still uploading. Where'd it go? Let's refresh the list. Let's see if it appears now. Uh, huh, 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 huh. Nope. Still not there. So it may or it may be still uploading. Who knows? It may be had a while. So let's get back to the studio. And if all goes well, I'm still broadcasting. Yep. <laughs> if I'm not, please let me know. <laughs> because I'm never sure what happens when I do that. So I'll keep checking. Uh, I'll check. I'll, I'll play something along the way here uh, in a little bit, and uh, we'll see. It should have uploaded by now. Let me see if it's. Where's my W by Ben Garrison? I don't see it. Huh. Let's do something really weird. Let's see if I can refresh the screen. So hang on. Let me try this. It might blow up the screen, but we'll find out. Okay. It looks like we're still here. <laughs> where's my Where's my uh, interview? I'll try not to do this last minute stuff again. Uh, no, it's still not there. Huh. Maybe it didn't upload. Uh, that could be, that's possible. We'll find out. I'll, I'll check it out again. You know, when I, uh, well, actually, let me, uh, you, you, um, let me, let me play you something here. <laughs> this will occupy you for a minute while I'm, I'm trying to figure, figure out the rest of the show. Yeah, I should have done this ahead of time. I know. I'm sorry. It's, it's radio. Something, things happen. I've been busy. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklos Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. 
Well, I guess you can't do two things at the same time. <laughs> so apparently that, uh, that interview did not show up. So what I'm going to have to do is upload it another time. Uh, um, sorry about that. So I guess the third hour is going to have me too. <laughs> I'll play it uh, probably next week, but uh, it should have uploaded. And so I'm not quite sure what went on there. Yeah, it's still there. Okay. All right. you know, it only missed by like a minute. I could, I should, maybe I should have started the show a minute later. All right. So let's talk about what's going on. Uh, these days. We're in some very strange times. The election has been stolen. The Senate has been stolen. And the gelding says, I thought they would have surrendered. Uh, they will not uh, prosecute, persecute, investigate, uh, change the results thereof uh, to what they should be. They won't. Cor- I shouldn't say change results. I should say correct the results. They have no intentions of correcting what is going on. And, and that to me, right there, that's horrendous. That, that's, that's inexcusable that they would actually sit back once again. But I knew they would. You know, see, I thought they would win. Now, the, the House, I don't know what's going to happen with the House. Uh, they haven't quite found a way to give power back to the, uh, uh, the Democrats in the House, but they don't really have to because with the Senate, you know, stolen, uh, then there's no chance of, of, a, of, of a bill being passed. There just isn't. Well, I mean, you know, they can stop bills. I mean, the, the Republicans can stop bills with a filibuster, assuming that doesn't go away. But, um, but, you know, failing that, uh, well, actually, they, they can because you're not going to get 60 votes. That would mean 40. You know, if you, you'd, to get 60 uh, votes, you'd have to have 50 Democrats and, or, or independent you know, combination and then, you know, 10 more Republicans. And I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. They're going to have a tough time um, getting those folks, but we shall see. So lots going on uh, as far as that goes. But you know, I've got some insights, got some articles, got some things to talk about. I'm kind of rambling here and doing too many things at once. If you've probably, if I sound a little disjoint this morning, uh, it's because I'm looking up stuff uh, as I am, uh, you know, talking. And that's always risky. <laughs> so let me get some articles and tell you what's going on. So I found some things very interesting. There is hope. Uh, there is uh, a possibility, especially with Trump has now declared for, uh, for president. And I hope to, again, like I say, work with the Trump campaign to have them actually adopt our ideas as their own platform. Um, you know, constitutional uh, uh, takeaway of the power of Congress to borrow money, you know, vaccine product liability, um, things, you know, ending big tech censorship, disarming the, the federal bureaucracy, um, having a 30-day comment period, you know, for all budget bills over $100 million, uh, which might be too small an amount, you know, considering how much they spend these days. Uh, little things like that, uh, no withholding of your income tax while you're earning your standard deduction amount, you know, some, some major, major changes, getting rid of judicial review, uh, getting a bunch of, you know, restoring the, the constitutional compliance of the Supreme Court, you know, getting back to the idea that, um, you know, they're only there for good behavior, not lifetime appointments, uh, stopping them from interpreting the Constitution by, by overruling their decisions. And this ridiculous idea that it takes a, a constitutional amendment to overrule a Supreme Court decision is, is hysterical. It's laughable. But Washington believes it. And it's not what, what is that is important. It's what they believe. And that's how it works. If they believe the Second Amendment can have all kinds of restrictions on it, then, then that's, that's what it effectively ends up being, even though you can't because rights can't have any restrictions. That's what makes them rights. But you have to define the right um, in a way that, uh, that it makes sense. For example, the right to keep and bear is absolute. But there is no right to use. So use of firearms comes under statutory law, which is subordinate to the right to keep and bear. So the right to keep and bear is absolute. But once you make the decision to use, you know, a firearm, then you've got legal uses like self-defense and illegal uses like carjacking. You know, so it's a it's a slippery slope. So I'm reading one of my favorites, Kyle Becker. Kyle Becker used to be with uh, Fox News. In fact, a lot of people, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Back when Fox News was was actually uh, decent conservative news before they got uh, Murdoched. Uh, they were uh, they were a better news channel. Still a couple of good folks there. Like I say, Laura Ingram and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson um, are, are worth uh, watching. Uh, Jesse Waters is starting to have his moments too. So the three of them I find 
uh, interesting. But other than that, yeah, you know, Maria Bartiromo on Sundays. All right. Wildfire newsletter. 13 Democrat senators revolt against midterm election. Vote against extending Biden's COVID emergency declaration. This is fascinating. This is this is this is really pretty wild um, because, you know, you think of the Democrats as always marching in lockstep. This is what gives me hope that uh, even though the Republicans are the minority, uh, Trump will be able to sway, you know, enough Republicans during the course of the next two years, you know, because I'm. You know, 99.9, well, as far as I'm concerned, unless there's a complete steal, he's going to be president, all right, because that, you know, people want what Trump stood for, what people want a great America. They want, you know, you know the list, right? Low energy prices, you know, decent foreign policy, a strong military, a wall, and the removal of the illegal aliens. That's going to be the interesting part is how to remove them. If you listen to my discussion yesterday with Calvin and we were talking about it, he says, well, you know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, it's going to be like a Gestapo type. You know, stormtrooper situation. People have to be rounded up and carried away. So, no, you don't. Nope. You can do it all by computer. Civil asset forfeiture. You simply remove the assets to the IRS, you know, through the ITIN number of all the assets that illegal aliens have, just like you would, you know, a crack house, a meth dealer, you know, a money laundering operation, uh, an extortion thing, a carjacking, a cartel, a gang, uh, or any other criminal entity, a mafia. <laughs> you know, all these criminal entities, you know, can have their, their assets removed. Uh, and that's perfectly okay. So for American citizens, you have to go through due process, you know, a trial, trial by jury, the whole bit. Then you take their stuff. With illegal aliens, just being in the country illegally, illegally is a confession of guilt. Uh, besides that, they have no rights. So, the, you know, the government could seize, you know, just uh, an amazing amount of, of uh, income, property, and everything else from illegal aliens. Trust me, they'll go. You know, you, have to, you don't even have to have ICE. You don't have to have a single, uh, you, know, bo- you know, a single internal person. Uh, as far as uh, immigration, naturalization, and border patrol, the border patrol can stand the border. So you, you stop people from coming in, and those that are here, you, you basically seize all their ill-gotten gains, which is anything they earned from the time they're in the country illegally. You know, pretty simple stuff, huh? <laughs> so, but I think with with uh, what I'm saying is that uh, the, the 13 Democrats voted to uh, get rid of the emergency declaration. You know, can you imagine the, you know, the, the Brandon insurrection? They're going to keep this mandate going as long as possible because because they like the control. They've already said COVID's gone. Well, not gone, but it's not an emergency anymore. It, it never was an emergency. It was always a, an easily solvable problem with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, vitamin D3, C, and zinc. Uh, so it was always a solvable problem. It was never going to be until they let it. The government made it an epidemic and then a pandemic. The government made this a problem. COVID itself, you know, for most people, is not a problem. Mild symptoms, maybe moderate symptoms, but the government used it to, to maintain control. Now, you'll notice a couple things have happened. One, Trump talked about, um, you know, restoring all the military that have been kicked out of the jobs. He should restore everybody. Uh, that's the federal government should immediately, when, uh, when Trump gets in and Congress should reverse, everybody that got fired gets their job back for, for uh, not uh, polluting their insides with uh, a, a dangerous gene shot. You know, it was never safe and effective. Uh, you know, how can you say something is safe and effective before you actually get it on the market? You know, that comes, what, 10 years later? <laughs> then we'll see if it's safe and effective. But, of course, it's not, and I don't want to be experimented on. Uh, I wouldn't have taken it anyway because I don't, you know, I don't take vaccine shots. I decided a long time ago. And guess what? I'm pretty healthy. Gee, how that happen? Well, if I get sick, you know, well, Greg, what if you get sick? Well, what if I do get sick? You know, I'll, I'll go for the treatment and the cure. And, well, what if it kills you? Well, something's going to kill me, you know, eventually. <laughs> Hopefully not yet. <laughs> yeah, I got stuff to do. But the, but the point is that um, people, they think that the vaccine is the only way uh, to deal with a disease. And it's not. 
You've got nutrition, you've got exercise, you've got health, you've got uh, uh, all kinds of different cures rather than, than traditional Western chemical medicine, petroleum medicine. You've got a, a ton of ways to deal with disease. All right? Vaccines are not the only way, and yet that's what they would have you believe because vaccines are the, the last of the one-size-fits-all medicine. And Dr. Shiva pointed that out in one of his, uh, his TED Talks. He says, you know, everything, in fact, the messenger RNA was originally designed to, to be uh, 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 an individually tailored uh, shot for, for each person based on their genetics. Well, they got rid of that, and they made it a one-size-fits-all because that's how, that's how Big Pharma makes the most money. So the last place that Big Pharma can make the most money with a one-size-fits-all medical practice is vaccines. That's why they concentrate on them. That's where the money is. You know, and then they have this exemption in law, which we can change. You can change it, too. All you do is go to writeyourlaws.com, um, go to uh, legislation, then all proposed laws, and then you find our vaccine bill, which is at the top, vaccine product liability. You share that with everybody you know. You share that with every media you can, and you share that with every member of Congress uh, and the Senate, particularly you know, your senators and, and member of Congress. That's how you bring about vaccine product uh, liability. All right? And it can happen. It can happen easily if enough people do it. So it's only a question of enough people doing it. But if you just sit there and don't do it, then it's never going to pass. It's never going to be a reality. Now, I'm hoping to talk to the Trump campaign about this specifically. We had Peter Navarro on. I talked about the bill to him. Uh, of course, this was before the election, so everything you know, was focusing around the midterms. Now that that's over, we have kind of this window. We got a little bit of a window now. And so it would be very interesting to, uh, to talk to some of these folks. But we've got the holidays, too, so I have to kind of you know, see what I can do. But come January, January, February. You know, the new Congress comes in on uh, the first, whatever, the 100 days or whatever it is. We'll see what they can do, you know, to make some, uh, uh, make some changes. But uh, the, we have sort of like this window now with the House being so-called Republican. We'll see. We'll see if they actually take any action. My guess is that uh, Kevin McCarthy will be speaker and he will kowtow, surrender, kiss the feet of or, or the butt of the Democrats, and he will not have an investigation. He certainly won't have an impeachment. You know, and nothing major will get done because uh, he's the deep state's man to uh, to control the uh, the Freedom Caucus. Pianchi, good morning. What's on your mind? Well, good. yeah. If I was speaker of the house, I would impeach. Who? The the previous speaker of the house? Who would you impeach? Are you having phone trouble today? I would impeach. I would impeach all of them. <laughs> well, actually, we had the chance we to do that. A, it's, called, it's called the midterm elections. We had the chance to impeach, impeach all of them, and people didn't do it. You know, so uh, you know that's why comes sometimes when you're sitting on the porch and all of a sudden you have a notion come over your head, and you say, you know, some of this stuff must be pre-planned. No, I think a lot of it's pre-planned. What, what are you referring to specifically? The way things happen, you know, there's always two sides to the story, right? Mm-hmm. So if we see what we're looking, what we're watching and seeing with our eyes, we probably could play a scene just the opposite than what we're looking at. So a lot of this may just be pre-planned. I'm not saying it is, but well, let's I'd say let's, maybe. Let's... Let's explore that a little bit because, uh, you know, I think you're onto something here. I've always looked at uh, politics as what I call through the looking glass politics. Everything is backwards. What you see is exactly the opposite of, of the reality. 
you know, the, the COVID, you know, vaccine is safe and effective. When the reality is the COVID gene manipulation shot is dangerous and deadly, you know, so that's the reality. You know, uh, an assault weapon is actually a freedom rifle. It's my favorite reversal of language. You know, uh, it's like uh, the Republican Party, you know, is not really a party because it doesn't advocate Republican principles. It's uh, basically a a Democrat light party, you know, and everything that you're seeing, you know, the election was secure. No, it wasn't. It was stolen. You know, in fact, they stole the very seats where the Trump electors are still hanging out there. See, people keep forgetting the Trump electors. And, and that's, it's amazing that didn't come up in the campaign at all. So if you want to talk about impeaching people, let's start impeaching people for not considering the, the, uh, the states as they were supposed to be considered January 6th. Let's, let's finish January 6th. Let's go back to Arizona. Let's hold the, uh, the session. So if the Republicans had any guts and, and uh, fortitude and balls at all, they would say, okay, we're going to go back to January 6th. We're going to have a completely new January 6th committee. Uh, we're going to investigate uh, the, the previous committee, and we're going to start where we should have started, you know, two years ago, and let's hold a, uh, a proper, you know, uh, electoral challenge and, and, see what, and see what we're going to do with the Trump electors. And that would get Trump back in office, actually. Then the question is, could he run in 2024, you know, if he serves the, the, uh, the remaining term of uh, 2020, uh, 2020, you know, where he should be? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm reading the Constitution. I used to think that it was okay if you served less than two years. I'm reading it again thinking, eh, not necessarily. So even if they reverse it, in fact, that might be the Democrat strategy. Say, okay, fine. You know, we'll, we'll let you reverse it. That way you only get two years of Trump, and they can put their person in in 2024. So it gets very nasty. It gets very uh, political. So I think it's actually four years of Trump in 2024 would be better than bringing Trump back for the remainder of this term. That's my thinking right now. But everything is backwards. You're right. Well, yeah, it, uh, winning an election, a state participant election with voters and winning by one vote, some things just, just don't seem right. Well, you know, I said the election is what takes place before the polls close. The fraud is what takes place after the polls close. Because we talked about this the other day, that every time someone puts a ballot into any kind of machine, whether it's a tabulating, tabulating machine or we have here these DS-200s in San Rosa County that I want to get rid of. Apparently, there's a petition to get rid of them, too. I'll have more details you know, when I find out more about it. But so we want to get rid of these things because they can take a modem. They can be connected to the Internet, which means they can be hacked. And who knows what the results are going to be? Um, but as far as I know, they don't have a modem as of yet, or they didn't. Uh, and that's just, you know, hopefully, you know, bling, believing what people tell me uh, uh, who are supposedly the, the officials who know that there's no modem in our vote machines, but they count. So every time you vote, that vote goes into a machine, that vote is tabulated and counted. So there's no, they don't count the ballots after the polls close. The, the, the ballots are counted during the whole day that the, the polls are open. And if you count the early votes and the, um, the, the mail-in votes and the absentee votes ahead of time, of course, there shouldn't be mail-in votes, but if you count the early votes and the absentee votes, then the, that's known, you know, and then you're just tabulating the results on election day. So as soon as the polls close, you just go to your machines and say, okay, here are totals. You call it into the central uh, uh, county office, those go to the central state office, then it goes to AP, AP announces it, the process takes about two hours, you know, to get everything coordinated. So anything that happens after two hours is complete vote fraud. 
So there's where your problem is. And, and yet the geldings, the gelding old party, refuses to do anything about it. They know where the problem is going to be. You know Kerry Lake's election was going to get stolen. You knew Blake Masters was going to get stolen. You knew uh, Mastriano in Pennsylvania was going to get stolen. You knew that Fetterman was going to steal the election from Oz, and Oz was not that great a candidate. You knew that uh, Raphael Warnock was going to win in Georgia, uh, even though he's a complete fraud. I don't know how many people actually support him. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's not what you call a typical Georgian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Herschel Walker is much more of a, of a, of a Georgia uh, person than Raphael Warnock, you know, and yet those are the stolen elections. And now the Senate stands, I think, at 50 Democrats, 49 Republicans, which is intellectually impossible, given the fact that the Democrats, you know, had the COVID mandates, locked down the country, screwed everything up, canceled businesses, destroyed family fortunes, destroyed families, destroyed people, brought fentanyl, opened the borders, brought in you know, five to 10 million illegals, which are burdening our country right now, did everything they could wrong. They did everything absolutely the opposite of Trump, destroyed this country, and they got 50 senators? Oh, come on. That's impossible to believe, too. That's definitely through the looking glass thinking. I don't care what the, the, they say about the youth. Well, the youth voted for climate change and abortion. Well, isn't that special? But uh, that's, not, that's not what people really care about. You know, people care about money. It's the economy. Stupid. James Carville was right. So, how did, so let me ask you this. How did we get 50 Democrat senators, which probably includes the two independents, uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, what's his name, uh, King, Al, you know, something King from uh, uh, Maine. Um, those two people, the independents, which they count as Democrats, um, you know, they got, they got 50 to 49. How the hell did that happen in a, in a nation that's been destroyed over the last two years? There's your coup. Back to you, Pianchi. Send it back. I'll have, uh, he must be doing something. Are you doing something else? <laughs> are you day trading? Even the rides and things, uh, and that seems to be kind of suspicious, the way they happen. Uh, the riots, the riots were planned. Well, where did the riots happen? They happened in liberal cities where they wouldn't be prosecuted, where Kamala Harris could raise a fortune in bail money and get them out. So if you're a leftist rioter, you get bailed out. You're a Trump supporter taking selfies in the Capitol to cover for the coup going on underneath the Capitol. You're still in jail. That's backwards. So that's, yeah, when that's people talk about uh, uh-huh. the protests on January 6th, I always make mention when they had protests with the uh, you had the Black Panthers trying to take over the California state government when uh-huh. they walked that's an insurrection. in. Yeah, that's an insurrection. Yeah. Um, the, the Black Lives Matter and the Tifa riots were an insurrection. They were trying to overthrow, you know, city governments, state governments, you know, through violence. Uh, the participation. Did you hear the, um, the, the, the some senator, you know, accused uh, uh, Chris Ray, the, um, the deep state operative who's, uh, you know, allegedly head of the FBI, you know, said, uh, you know, you, he asked him point blank, did you have operatives? You know, how many of your, your confidential informants, you know, who was on the team at the Capitol? He said, well, I can't answer that. He says, no, the correct answer is no. The American people deserve to know whether you had operatives. The answer is yes or no, not I can't answer that. And of course, they can't answer that because if he did, if he says no, there are not, there were not FBI operatives, then he's guilty of perjury before Congress. If he says yes, there are, then he's guilty of treason. So the only answer he can give and keep his job is I can't answer that, but that's not acceptable. So he has to say yes or no, and that's what the, that's what the, the, uh, the geldings have to force him to do. Yeah, I thought of something funny. I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, so that's that's your answer. So is the coup organized? Absolutely. 
Yes, and not only that, other things uh, seemingly the way it went is uh, when you look at it, there's something going on. Was well, walking smells on, but fishy. Well, everything. Well, no, the, the, it's, it's beyond smelling fishy. It is fishy. The election was stolen, uh, and notice that it was the the Trump America First candidates that had their election stolen in the battleground states, the place where the Trump electors were uh, were uh, appointed by their state legislatures and the governors. Now, Katie Hobbs, you know, is the Secretary of State of Arizona, presiding over the elections. She's presiding over her own stealing of her own election. Do you think if she becomes governor? You know, that uh, so to sit back and let the Arizona state legislature, you know, send Trump electors to, to Congress and say, hey, consider these. <laughs> Let, let's see what um, uh, Wendy Rogers does. And Wendy Rogers, my guest previously, and uh, I think she's on the, the government affairs committee. Yeah, in 2024, you have to really right. She's planted there, ready to go. Yeah. So she's in place to to once again steal the Arizona election in 2024. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let me tell you what I think is interesting. Listen to this. This is from Kyle Becker, Wildfire Newsletter. Thirteen Democrat senators revolt after midterm election, vote against extending Biden's COVID emergency declaration. He's already lost 13 Democrats. This is this is mutiny on the bounty, folks. This is serious stuff. And this is from uh, it says 21 hours ago, but it might be longer than that just because I haven't refreshed. Let's refresh the screen and see what the actual time is. Um, but uh, let me just do that. Just, uh, about 21 hours ago. Okay, it's two hours off. The U.S. Senate has voted in resounding fashion to end the COVID public health emergency that the Biden administration, which is not an administration, has recently extended until April 2023. Look at these idiots. <laughs> you know, they, they gave another six months or whatever it is. So, so they've got it until April. January, March, April. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, where are we now? November? Yeah, six months. All right, so they've extended their emergency declaration of the non-existent COVID, you know, epidemic uh, through April. But 13 senator, Democrat senators voted against that. That's like, that's mutiny. It's, he says the Senate voted 62 to 36 to end the emergency declaration on Tuesday afternoon. The motion was spearheaded by Senator Roger Marshall, a Republican from Kansas. But you've got, you've got 13 Democrats. Let me see if I can find the Democrats. Uh, well, they all, they've also mixed in the vote. Probably has, says it down later. It says, while it is unclear if the House of Representatives will immediately take up the measure, Speaker Nancy Pelosi is now on borrowed time. Her tenure at the top of congressional leadership is set to come to an end January 3rd with the projecting income, projected incoming Republican-led House. So this is interesting. So I, I've forgotten this for a bit. So January 3rd, the Congress gets seated. January 6th, the new Congress considers the previous election, uh, if it's presidential, to certify the electors. That's how Marjorie Taylor Greene was said she's only there for like two days or three days and, and walked into the, the whole January 6th thing. It's interesting. So Congress goes first, then they certify, the new Congress certifies the president. And then it says 12 Democrats joined in with Republicans to put an end to the COVID public health emergency declaration. Oh, here they are. These are your good Democrats. Senator John Hickenlooper, interesting name. Senator Tim Kaine, Senator Amy Klobuchar, I've heard her before, Senator Joe Manchin, yeah, definitely heard him, Senator Chris Murphy, Senator Jean Shaheen, not sure who that is, I think I've heard of them, Senator John Tester, Senator Christian Cinema, yeah, she's been in the news a lot, Mark Warner, uh, Cortez Mastro, who's uh, the new senator from Nevada who stole it from Paul Laxalt, Senator Jackie Rosen, don't know them, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. That's interesting. <laughs> Chuck Schumer voted against the emergency declaration of Brandon. How come that didn't make national or worldwide news? And this is Senator Angus King of Maine is officially an independent, but caucuses with Democrats. So he voted against it, too. So there you go. Isn't that interesting? 13, 13 Democrats and one independent who they count as a Democrat, which they shouldn't because he's independent, 
uh, voted against the mandate. That's big news. Is that the more uh, Gateway uh, article? It's not Gateway Pundit. No, it's Kyle Becker. Kyle Becker, who has a, uh, he's on Substack, as all the good things are on Substack now. His uh, newsletter is the Wildfire Newsletter. I post this. I already post this article. It's on, it's, I think it's in the, probably in the legal project. For, so for those that are new to Action Radio, and we have a lot of new listeners, especially in Australia, Canada, uh, and England, I have about 20 Facebook groups. We have, um, we have the legal project. We have the economics report. We have the international news place, especially for you foreign listeners uh, or international listeners. That's a great place for you to join and post you know, the news in your country. Um, we have family law project. We have homeschool project. We have just uh, we have uh, uh, a, a private you know vaccine <laughs> project. You know, yeah, you get, that's that's the tough one to get into because I don't want people sabotaging it. Uh, we've got uh, just many many different groups. I forgot all the ones we have. I'll think of it. They're out there, uh, but uh, some of them aren't as active. Uh, we have a writers page, a video page uh, for aspiring writers and, and videographers, uh, video reporters. We have a lot of stuff. Um, so it's, it's all there. Just look up, go to uh, Action Radio with Greg Penglis and look at groups. That's our main page, which is so heavily censored. The only thing I can do now is post our shows on it. I used to post everything on it, but uh, that was before I said that uh, the government response to COVID was a complete uh, hoax. It was a, it's a money-making scheme. It's a, you know, the vaccines are a fraud. That kind of got me uh, in a little bit of trouble on social media, as you can probably imagine. So anyway, enough of this article. But what do you think? I'm, I'm encouraged. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That back, that the uh, pandemic was. Uh, well, why did well, what about Chuck Schumer? Yeah, Chuck Schumer is the most interesting. Now, the Senate Majority Leader, who's really not, is actually the co-leader with Mitch McConnell, who refuses to take his share of the power. But Chuck Schumer, you know, the the, the alleged leader of the Senate, voted against Brandon's mandate to continue the uh, uh, emergency declaration. Why wasn't that national news? That's fascinating. What do you think? Well, something's going on. You know, I'll tell you what, it gets to the point where you really think that these people are under a trance or they're not even for real. Um, In terms of what? Who are we talking about? Give me a specific. All of them. You know, especially like Chuck Schumer and Schiff and Pelosi. I don't think they're under the trade. They I just think the, their loyalty uh, is questionable. Their loyalty should be to the Constitution and their constituents, but it's really to their party and to their global leaders. That's what I think the problem is. Something's wrong. But anyway, that's your phone, not my phone. I'm, I'm, I'm still on the air. No, that's my. Uh, notification for somebody. You know how these things work. Now. They notify you oh, yeah. if you're not there. Oh, okay. Do, do you need to leave us and take care of something? I, I can do the show. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, I don't need it. I can see what they want and ignore. Multitask. This is more fun anyway. All right, so, so, so back to – so your contention is these people are in a fog. I don't think they're in a fog at all. Like I say, I think it's, it's the, the, the loyalty is to the party, uh, is to their donors, uh, is to their, uh, their, their corporate uh, people. I think the loyalty is who they want to work for after Congress. I think the last loyalty is the constituent. The only loyalty to the constituent is to get money. That's the problem. What do you think? 
taking care of other stuff. Taking home to something. Okay, all right. But I think it's always been that way. I don't think that's that's anything that unusual. Uh, and so this is why I want to get parties out of. I was telling somebody about this the other day. That maybe we do it on the air too. But we need to get parties out of um, Congress. You know, you cannot belong to a party. Because Trump, you know, in his speech, when he's talking about reforming Congress and getting rid of the deep state and things like that, uh, I think that the most important reform is to get um, parties out of or get people out of parties while they're serving in the legislature. You should not be able to belong to a party uh, if you're in the legislature. That's what I think. You make sure you uh, post these, if you don't, I will, on the, the free freedom social media sites now it'd be Twitter and Gab <clears throat> because uh, <clears throat> this uh, demonic Facebook is just what it is. It's demonic. Well, Facebook, you know, I'm still able to post a lot on Facebook, uh, but uh, what they do is they, they shadow ban me. So in other words, they give me such a small uh, audience, you know, whereas I used to have thousands. You know, Action Radio with Greg Pengles, that, that Facebook page, my, what was my business page, you know, used to get five to 10,000 views, you know, over, you know, two years ago before COVID. And that was just there. We had stuff other places. And when I, especially when I was at WEBY, we, had, we were online, so we had a worldwide audience. That show was growing really fast. I was able to get amazing guests, you know, in a very short time. This has been more of a struggle ever since COVID broke. You know, we're, we're so restricted. Um, it's picking up a little bit on Twitter, but this is why my strategy has been for a long time to get some major public figures on the show and have them talk about us. Now, I've had major public figures on the show, but they're not talking about us yet. That's the next step. They need to start talking about our citizen legislation uh, in terms of uh, Trump especially. So I need to uh, – I know folks that know Trump, you know, including my own congressman who hasn't been on the show uh, since WBY. Um, but, uh, and that's a, that's an issue <laughs> for me. Uh, it's, you know, but, uh, let's see what happens now that, uh, now that the Republicans are controlling the house, you know, Republicans can now submit bills. So let's see if that is enough to get uh, Matt Gates back on the show. That'd be very interesting. Uh, especially since I gave him a ton of ideas, you know, I, I played to the interviews you know, where I gave him all, all the ideas. I, I was happy to do it. You know, I want results. I don't, I don't need the credit, although anybody who knows me <laughs> knows where those ideas came from. Uh, that's, that's kind of my thing. Um, but anyway, so that, that's a big restructuring, too. All right, so let's uh, – there's something else happened really interesting, too. And I was watching a bit of uh, um, Fox News last night with Jesse Waters talking about Schumer saying that uh, we have to have immigrants because the American population is declining. You know, of course, you know the connection, right? He says, well, we need the immigrants. We need, we need workers. There aren't enough people to work. Well, that's because they're paying them not to. And they've created a culture where work is like wrong. <laughs> and then he says, we have to bring in, in, we have to bring in all these people. And of course he's talking about illegal aliens. We have to give them amnesty. We have to make them citizens. We need them to, uh, you know, and uh, Ocasio-Cortez, we need them for social security. We need all these, you know, illegal uh, folks to come in and make them citizens. At the same time, they're saying we need to abort Americans, you know? And so it, it's almost in, in like the next breath, by the way, abort Americans, bring in illegals. That is the great replacement. They said, but the great replacement is, you know, white Americans don't want people of different colors in here. That's a bunch of nonsense. We don't care. But the great replacement is illegal aliens, you know, abortions for Americans, you know, amnesty for illegal aliens. I mean, that's, that's, that's the Democrat platform right now. A little bit of hypocrisy, you know, and this is where people should rise up, especially black Americans, you know, because the more black babies aborted than anything else. You know, how come there isn't a revolt over that? How come people aren't marching in the streets? Black Lives Matter, and that includes abortion. Uh, you know? 
you got blacks want to get rid of blacks. That's interesting. Why? You know, I don't see white people standing up saying we got to get rid of white people. <laughs> Just, you know, what's going on? I mean, there's some real wars out there. You know, there's nothing more, more I think, risky these days oh, than, than being a. Well, I mean, being a black that's conservative is tough. That's been, that has been the case for a long time, though. When okay. you look at the individuals at play, going back as early as the, the Harlem Renaissance, uh, going back as early as uh, the ideals of others, uh, liberals like to not only – they like to curtail – well, just like you say, you being shadow banned. Mm-hmm. Well, they do that in other ways, too. They don't want people to speak. Uh, well, they don't yeah. care if you speak, but what you're saying, they don't want others to hear. Yeah, that's it. And so this is this is how we get a press. I say I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to Ben Garrison. I'll bet for, for next time. Um, that should be that, – that's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> I've got uh, Dan coming on here at the top of the hour. So let me play something uh, for you here. Let's take one little break, and then we'll get to Dan on. Uh, and I've got an article that I think you'll find. Uh, really interesting when we come back, and that is on the uh, um, January 6th once again, and it's from American Greatness, Feds had informants in Proud Boys and Oath Keepers for January 6th. So the Feds already knew it was going to happen. They already had everything pre-programmed. You they know, like uh, the, go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know who, you know, uh, when you could see that they want you to speak, but they don't want nobody to hear you. Well, so when Fannie and Lou Hamer uh, done that speech, she would represent the Mississippi Freedom Party, and she done a she she done a uh, testimonial in front of a committee, mm-hmm. and uh, President Johnson, the TV cameras and everything was there. Mm-hmm. President Johnson called a press conference just as she spoke. Then all the news went to him. Hmm. Well, he co-opted yeah. the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want to know, but I still want to know why nobody's asking uh, Schumer why he voted against the emergency declaration, which means, you know, and if they're going to do that, how are they going to justify voting more COVID money? You know, so yeah, the stories, the, this is why I try and focus on the stories, like you say, the ones that, uh, that get co-opted like that one, where LBJ took over a story, all these different things. Let me take a quick break here. You know, the story that's right not getting much play is that... Uh... Hold on. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. 
Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Dangerously cool. Okay, we're back. There we go. Sorry, Bianca. I just I have to squeak things in occasionally here. So uh, you were you were saying, and then we'll get to my article before Dan gets here. Well, I forgot what I was trying to say. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. The, the reason I uh, normally I can I can hold off on the button push, but I've got this one uh, ad. That I probably should have picked another one. It's the the one for sponsors for Action Radio. I don't know how it happened, but there's a five second delay. And so I actually have to start it, you know, talk for four seconds and then let it start playing. And so that's when you were talking about your new idea. Uh, it'll come back to you, I'm sure. I'm sorry. I won't. I'll try not to do that again. I try not to do that anyway. But uh, so my apologies there. Um, well, let's get to this article here. We've got about 15 minutes before uh, Dan gets here. And I'm really anxious to talk to Dan. It's been it's been a long time uh, since we had him on the show. And so uh, I miss his voice here. And so we'll uh, hopefully uh, get him as a regular again. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. So the thing you heard uh, wasn't happening and the thing that the FBI refused to answer and the thing that uh, you'd be called a conspiracy theorist for, you know, or they say election denier. I, I came up with a corollary to election denier. I mean, someone says, well, you're an election denier. Well, you're an election liar. You know, so, so, so there's my little play on words. So they're election deniers and election liars. And so uh, if someone, anybody says to you, you're an election denier, say, well, you're an election liar. You know, you're just lying your, your, your butt off about this. All right. So this is from American Greatness. This is by Julie Kelly, who I, I, I've, I've heard that name before. I think I tried to reach her once before. Feds had informants in Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Now, for those that listen regularly, you know that Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, uh, called us from the Oklahoma Federal Prison. Well, actually, he called his, uh, his uh, attorney who was helping him at the time, uh, Jonathan Mosley, Jonathan, because you can call your lawyer from prison, right? So Jonathan puts it on conference call, puts it directly into the studio here. And so we had uh, Stuart Rhodes talking to us to us from the Oklahoma Federal Prison. So if you want to go back and hear those interviews, uh, just go to the top of the window of your broadcast page, put in uh, Stuart Rhodes, uh, comma, Action Radio, and that episode will pop right up. And so we've got a really great search engine now. I don't remember it before, but it certainly works really well now uh, to find episodes throughout our, our almost five years uh, on the air here. He says, if Republicans eke out a win in the House of Representatives, which they did, this was written on the 14th, which now seems likely, GOP leaders have promised to investigate numerous government scandals, including the irredeemably corrupt Federal Bureau of Investigation, which I call the FBI KGB. One path of inquiry is how the Bureau manufactures data or data to promote the phony narrative that domestic violent extremists, in other words, supporters of Donald Trump, pose a security threat to the country. Whistleblowers recently disclosed how the FBI is misrepresenting the scale of domestic violent extremism nationwide by categorizing January 6th related investigations as organic cases stemming from local field offices instead of all related to one single incident. And that's according to a report by GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee. So that's going to be key. The House Judiciary Committee is going to be the, the big deal on this. 
It's a short, shortly after the Capitol protest, <laughs> that's what we call January 6th, which I call the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. Uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray designed the four-hour disturbance, or designated the four-hour disturbance as an act of domestic terror. Federal prosecutors routinely compare January 6th defendants to terrorists, enabling the government to seek and receive extended jail time for misdemeanor convictions and justify indefinite pretrial detention for nonviolent offenders. What were they doing? Trespassing? They weren't even trespassing. The doors were open. The guards said, come on in. So what they did was absolutely legal. All right. It says, during his Senate testimony in March 2021, Ray described members of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, two groups involved in the events of January 6th, as militia violent extremists. When Secretary Lindsay, excuse me, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, asked Ray whether he considered either group a domestic terror organization, the director refused to answer directly, instead insisting individuals associated with both groups are domestic terrorists. Those comments alone should be, be fireable offenses. Set aside Ray's excuse-making for leftist rioters in 2020, Ray laughably refused to apply the same label to Antifa, calling it a movement or an ideology, not a terror organization. No evidence exists to support Ray's accusations that the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys mimic terror cells comparable to Al-Qaeda. Of the nearly two dozen members of both groups now facing charges tied to January 6th, only one is accused of using a weapon, a riot shield, and it is alleged he used it to break a window, not harm a person, that afternoon. Members of the Oath Keepers who drove to Washington to attend the president's speech left their legally transported weapons at a Virginia hotel rather than violate the city's strict gun control laws. Worst militia ever. Yeah, that's the thing everybody says. Well, you know, and, and the other question is people say, well, they're going to overthrow the government. And I'm how? How exactly were they going to overthrow the government? You know, even if you uh, held hostage the entire Congress, even if, God forbid, they, uh, you know, took out the entire Congress, you're still not going to overthrow the government. You know, the government still has, you know, bureaucrats and, and armies and the, you know, the army and the Navy and the Air Force. You know, you're not going to take over the government. You're not going to take over the U.S. government. Nobody is, it's, unless you do it from, by stealing elections. But the idea that people can walk into Congress with, with, with cell phones uh, and that's somehow going to take over the, 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 US, the whole U.S. government. You know, while they're standing by a bunch of statues, no, is laughable, and yet people believe it. Pianchi. Well, what's laughable is that the U.S. government consists of 50 countries anyway. Yep. So you have to Should take over States? the country of Arizona. You have to take over the country of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think some of these things are designed to <clears throat> get people away from thinking along those lines because mm-hmm. when you think along those lines, you see how much more powerful you are. You know, that's a really good point. I, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't considered that, that even if, they, even if the federal government, quote, is taken over, the state government still operate independently and supreme to the federal government uh, in terms of federalism. So that's a really good point. Yes, the, the state governments, the country governments are supreme to the federal government. The federal government mm-hmm. there is just as, as a central where people wouldn't have to go through all 50 countries, although they can they can just go to that one central aspect and try to conduct business. Yeah, it's interesting that D.C. was set aside as land that would never belong to a state. Uh, and that way, no state would have the federal government in their state. And that's why D.C. can never become a state. It's purposely set aside as independent land uh, that the states control. So that's interesting. Now, i got a question for you, though. I, I like calling the, the states countries, but I think that's confusing for people. 
and you know, who are listening, what do you mean the countries, the states? What if we called them nation states? Would that cover the fact that they are nations, they're independent sovereign entities, uh, and still relate the name state so people don't think we're, we're totally you know, changing things around? Well, um, they are a nation state until they were formally organized. Okay. You know, Greece and uh, those countries were nations before they became formally organized too. Yeah, before there was Greece, there was Athens, and there was Sparta, and there were various other nation, you know, city-states. Yeah. So they had city-states in those days. Uh, in fact, I, I mm-hmm. would like to designate certain cities in the United States as city-states and let them self-fund, <laughs> San Francisco being one of them. The Bay Area, nine areas of the Bay Area, in fact, I wrote an article, it was my first article, you know, where I said that the nine Bay Area counties, you know, from Napa to, uh, I think, San Joaquin, or whatever the one San Jose is in, uh, should be their own state. They should be a city state. They should be a, uh, a city state, and so San Francisco would be a city state. It'd be self-funding. It couldn't draw money from the rest of the state. Uh, it, it was a separate entity. It would have to be self-funding, self-taxing, self-regulating for the most part, except for our rights and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's still a viable idea. I just have to explore it more. Let me go on the, back to this article here. We got a little bit before Dan gets here. It says members of the Oath Keepers who drove to. Oh, I read that part. Uh, and no one in either group, as we're talking about the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, carried a firearm into the building or Capitol ground. So nobody brought a gun in. Besides, they were searched on the way in anyway. You know, he says, but Ray, this is Chris Ray, FBI director, conveniently left off another vital, vital detail about these, quote, militias. The number of FBI confidential human sources embedded within them both before and during the Capitol protest. Prior to the September start of the seditious conspiracy trial against members of the Oath Keepers, prosecutors finally disclosed that at least five, let me say that again, five FBI informants were embedded in the group weeks and months before January 6th. We call those agent provocateurs. You can always tell the FBI agents. I, I talked to uh, uh, some folks in the militia of Montana years ago. And uh, I said, well, well you know, how do you know the FBI agents? Well, they always want to blow stuff up, although he didn't say stuff. <laughs> but uh, he says, that's it. They always wanted to, they're, they're trying to uh, encourage you to commit a felony. You know, saw off a gun barrel so it's too short. Uh, that's how they got Randy Weaver. You know, uh, say something that's different than you said, you know, in a previous uh, um, interview with, uh, with an FBI person. Now it's a lie. And that's a, so you can't lie to the FBI, right? So uh, if you say something even slightly different, they entrap you. That's how they got General Flynn. And so they put these Asian provocateurs in. They try and inspire crimes. That's how they did the, 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 the alleged Widmer kidnapping. Well, that was all entrapment. They made up stuff. They put people in to, to inspire a group of idiots uh, to try and do something. And they said, yeah, that's a great idea, man. Let's kidnap the governor. And then they arrested them. <laughs> you know, we have a plot to kidnap the governor. No, we didn't. We were just talking about it. And of course, that case was thrown out, but it doesn't matter. The effect, the PR effect was people thought, oh, the right wing wants to kidnap the governor of Michigan. No, we don't. We just want her out of office. And we want to prosecute her for violating the Constitution. Nobody I know wants to kid, you don't kidnap government officials. No, you, you do it the, the proper legal way. You know, uh, anyway, but that's, but, but it's all the same stuff. This is what the FBI does. This is why the FBI really should be abolished because there's no provision in our constitution for a national police force. Anyway, it says prior to the September start of the seditious conspiracy, sorry, conspiracy trial against members of the Oath Keepers, prosecutors finally just, okay, five FBI informants were embedded in the group weeks and months before January 6th. Well, why would you embed FBI informants weeks and months before January 6th if you didn't know that January 6th was going to take place. So what happened, so that does, 
That's a confession to me that the FBI was in on the planning of January 6th, you know, the above uh, distraction so that they could do the coup underneath and stop the challenge uh, with the Trump electors if they knew that weeks and months in advance. Weeks and months in advance of January 6th was the election. Did they know before the election? <laughs> Did they know right after the election in November? You know, December, January, that's only two months away. How did they know to put informants in the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys weeks and months before January 6th if they weren't in on planning January 6th? Pianchi, I don't think you can, I don't think you can say they, uh, they didn't know. They had to have been in on it. What do you think? Yeah. Some parts of it, yeah, they are, you're right. Some parts of the FBI are good. <clears throat> Some parts of it ain't worth it down. Name a good in, part. In those in those terms. Name a good part. When they're investigating trafficking of kids. Okay, that's a good part. But should that be, could that be not be done at the state level? I don't think so because the trafficking going on in, in all the countries and they don't have that type of communication between each other. Hmm. Well, what I see for the FBI... Um, is that if I, and I may write a bill on this, uh, what I would like to see is the FBI split investigation from inf- enforcement, take away all their enforcement powers, because there is no provision for a national police force. There is no constitutional provision for uh, federal bureaucrats to be armed. There just isn't. That's why I have a bill disarming them. I would disarm the FBI. Now, what I think they do well is like you, you have a really good example, trafficking. I was thinking of like the fingerprint records, the DNA records, uh, the research, the, the, the psychological profile. Espionage. Serial killers, things like well, espionage at the domestic level or the foreign level, CIA for foreign level in the country, but the FBI shouldn't be doing that. That's not their job. Well, you know, you got foreigners that come into the country that commit espionage all the time in many different areas. Okay, that's you know, industrial yeah. espionage. Okay, so that's national. So that'd, that'd be a good they... thing to do. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah. So who arrests them though? Should the FBI do it or should the, should the U.S. Marshals do it? We already well, have. that that information that information should be okay. given to the arresting authority. See, I don't think the arresting authority uh, is the FBI. I think that they should go strictly investigation. No, it don't have to corrupt. be them. Yeah, their their job is for the information, federal uh-huh. bureau of information. Yeah, that's and that's a good that's actually that that's what we should call the bill, the federal bureau of information. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, they do they do an investigation to to come up with information that mm-hmm. could lead on to further actions, mm-hmm. and those actions don't have to be carried out by them. Yeah, it's the same yeah, thing with that. an accountant. Mm-hmm. An accountant goes over uh, the books, and when they find something, they don't run to the cabin and get their gun; they turn <laughs> it over. Exactly. Yeah, and I like I like split divisions anyway, um, split authorities. So so the U.S. Marshals could do it. The the only two folks that I can see uh, legally armed under the Constitution are the U.S. Marshals um, and the uh, and the the Secret Service. And so there aren't that many, you know, folks that we you have to arrest as you know militias or, or conspirators or, or traitors or things like that. You know, the U.S. Marshals could do it, and, and the, but there's no reason for an armed FBI. They can turn the information over to the states. Because so, unless the crime is committed in D.C., and we already have the D.C. police, the Capitol Hill police, you know, you've got two law enforcement agencies, plus most of those um, bureaucrat agencies have armed officers. Uh, I would say good for protection, but you, you don't even need that. You've got the D.C. police and the Capitol Hill police. Yeah, D.C. is a territory. What's that? 
Just like the old Arizona and Oklahoma territories, it was the judges that appointed the deputy, the marshals, the U.S. deputy marshals, the deputies and the the, the marshals and the deputies. Yep. Uh, one marshal, a famous was a was a Black Creek by the name of uh, uh, Bass. B a s s. Yeah, Bass. I remember. That. What was his first name? Do you remember? Because uh, I was thinking of him as you were talking about it. Well, that slips me. <laughs> And he had an Indian cohort. And people say, that's what I did the Lone Rangers came from. I think Dan just came on the line to hear you use that. <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah. What's his, I okay. can't think of his name. Bass Reeves. No, uh, Bass Reeves. There we go. Bass yeah. Reeves was his name. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was famous. So judges, when judges, it's just like when judges get the information and say, uh-huh. we got to go after this guy. And yeah. uh, this person, then they, uh, the marshal, that was their job in their territory. You know, I think I absolutely agree. And like I say, if we if we keep the uh, the U.S. marshals and the Secret Service as the only armed people in Washington, I think we'd be in pretty good shape. That would that would make sense to me. Tell you what, we got Dan on the line. It's been a long time since I've talked to him on the show. So let me let me go down and play something I haven't played. Uh, I actually played this once before, uh, three or four months ago. We did this, but I haven't, in fact, not only that, I forgot where I put it, <laughs> you know, so let's get, uh, let me see if I can, ah, here it is. Okay, good. So this is, this is very special. This is actually made for us by a, a Creek chief. And so this is always an honor to play this. And then we'll get to uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse uh, in just a second. The drum. Heartbeat of the Creek people. Like the first heartbeat you hear before you were born. Like the heartbeat of the living spirit in all things. Join us each week at this time as we explore issues and topics important to the Santa Rosa Creek tribe and American Indians across this great country. Join in as we enter the world of the Creek Tribe and see the world as they do through the eyes of Chief Dan Skyhorse, or in the Muscogee language, Chothloko Suta Miko. So it was a great pleasure to bring back uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse. Chothloko Suta, Henshe, Estonko. This is Chayo for you, Suta. What was that you said? I'm sorry. Is there words for me? He's Limahi. Very good. Oh, I, I don't have that one. I, I actually pulled up my old list of <laughs> Muscogee language. It's been so long since I spoke in Muscogee. How do you so uh, Heath Limahi? Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on, let me, let me add it's that. Very good. Okay, good. Uh oh, Mado. Mahi, how am I going to spell that? I'll probably spell it badly. I don't put that in here. I need a new pen. This one's off. So, yeah, dude, it's been too long. Nice to have you back on the show. How you been? What's going on? Well, I've been very busy. We're uh, preparing for the Creek Fest, which is uh-huh. uh, Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and 20th of, the, of this month. And uh, we have some uh, extremely uh, well-known talent, uh, some Native American flute players, some of the top ones in the country are coming in. Uh, yeah. Arbel Bird uh, is um, 
a renowned flute player, um, uh, Native American Music Award winner. Uh, he's a storyteller. He's a concert-trained violinist that plays a uh, Native American-style uh, music on a fiddle. Uh, Billy White Fox is uh, a NAMI uh, Award winner. Um, an up-and-coming Jamie Imprit, she is, uh, has won numerous awards at, at festivals. And we have Lowry Begay, who was a two-time world champion Indian hoop dancer, is going to be with us. And the Red Boys Drum Group will be our powwow drum. And uh, we've got lots of uh, um, period reenactment camps and uh, living village, uh, just all, all kinds of things. Yeah, I miss the, the – it used to be called the powwow. I guess it's called the Creek Fest now. I'm curious about the, the name change. But I used to love going out. You know, it was fun. And as much as I, I should you know, do more, more tribal things, uh, I'm just kind of busy. <laughs> you know, stuff goes on trying to – you know, start the, the first ever uh, citizen legislature attached to a radio show. It's, it's an interesting project. It's getting a lot better. Um, but, um, you know, just to be able to go out, especially, you know, a friend of mine, I mentioned this earlier in the show, uh, Chief Black Eagle of uh, Cherokee. And we, we get to talk. Mm-hmm. He's a hoot. Uh, and some of the other folks that I get to meet, and the tribal members that I haven't talked to for much, uh, much time. But uh, I want to get into some of these individuals here. But to, let's go back a little bit to, to COVID because everything kind of stopped. How did that affect the tribe? How did that affect, uh, you know, businesses, families, you know, the tribal grounds itself, uh, the, the wonderful museum you have there? And, uh, you know, it's just like everything stopped all of a sudden, you know, March 2020. Well, it did. We, did. we didn't completely stop everything, but we uh, um, it did uh, tamp down our uh, the things that were going on. Uh, of course, we haven't had a a um, large event in what three years now mm-hmm. uh so the reason we're gone from powwow to creek fest is because for uh, about 32 years or 31 years we had powwows and we have expanded that out to include the uh the flute music and the uh some reenactments and and different things so it, it got to be more than just a powwow that didn't adequately describe it anymore so oh. that's when we changed it to Creek Fest. So let's tell folks what, and me too, exactly. What what is a powwow? Uh, is that uh, uh, universal to to many of the, the Indian nations, or, or is that uh, particular folks do it, or how does that work? Well, powwow originally came out of the uh, the uh, Plains Indians and, and uh, Indians out west, mm-hmm. and it has only been about. Uh, powwows have only been in existence probably 100, 120 years. Mm-hmm. And the way they got started was uh, that the Wild West shows, Buffalo Bill's Wild West shows, Wild Bill Cody and all those guys uh, had Indians in their shows. And mm-hmm. the Indians, of course, would dance or you know do acrobatics on horses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so they would pay the Indians a little bit of money. And the Indians <laughs> saw how much money the promoters were making. And they said, hmm. hmm, we can do that. <laughs> so there was born the powwow. Yeah. It sounds like a made-up word. So it's a, it's a, it's a mixture of, yeah. of, of some a mixture of various cultures and some little bits of tidbit here and there of, of different things. And it's, it's, not, it's not ceremonial. Uh, ceremonies are, are quite different. But it's uh, basically a party. That sounds good. 
but it doesn't sound like a Muskogee word. It doesn't sound like it doesn't even sound like an American Indian word. It sounds like a made-up word. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, actually, I think it's Lakota. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. Some some form of a Lakota word that probably got uh, uh, Englishized along the way. And uh, well, like but, chop suey. <laughs> There's no like chop that. suey, folks. Uh, that's, that's, that's American Chinese food. Okay, there, you don't go to China and order right. chop suey. That's purely American. Right. Yeah. So, but it, it was it's some derivative of the Lakota word for gathering, and and I've I've seen that before, but I uh, I don't recall exactly what the what the word was. Hmm. But it's similar know, here, to powwow. Yeah, I've heard it used. Uh, you know, we need to powwow. We need to talk. We need to come to some kind of agreement. Uh, so that this there's sort of a, a a modern usage for the word that's a little different than uh, American Indian powwow. That's what I was curious. Yeah, I our, love words. Yeah. Yeah, our our powwow just means party. Sounds good to me. Let's have a party. <laughs> um, well, I miss this, and, and I think a lot of people miss it too, because you know, the the for most people, uh, including too much for even for me, and I used to have you on all the time here. In fact, I'm hoping to talk to you into coming back regularly if, if your schedule allows. Um, but uh, the only contact that most people have with the, the Creek tribe or, or Creek band now, I guess that's my next question. So it, it's really important, really important uh, that this, this go on. If for nothing else, then people go, oh, we've, we, we've got uh, you know, Native Americans here in, in Santa Rosa County. <laughs> Who knew? Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, people, you know, people don't walk around you know, with, with big bumper stickers, you know, or maybe some do, I'm not sure. But it's, it's uh, the, the, you know, the, well, tell me, what, well, first of all, what tribe or band, where, how come that changed? So I can, I can well, which one? We, 30 plus years ago, um, when the, the name was originated, uh, it was Santa Rosa County uh, Creek Indian Tribe. Okay. And what we have found as we have gone forward and learned more about our culture and our history and, and such is that we never were a tribe. Uh, because a tribe, uh, historically, to be called a tribe, you have to be associated with an Indian town. And we no. were not ever in this area. We never had a, well, we did. there were Indian villages, but there was never an actual Indian town. So we really didn't qualify historically to be called a tribe, but okay. we did qualify historically to be called a band. Um, our rich cousins up in the... Alabama, the Porch oh. Creek Band. <laughs> we hear uh, about them. Yeah, yeah they um, they're a band because uh, even though they're a federally recognized tribe and mm-hmm. worth billions of dollars and have casinos and such, um, mm-hmm. that's why we call them our rich cousins. Um, <laughs> even though they're what they are, they are still a band because they never had a. There was never a town that was established there. It was only. Um, a village, and See, so that would be news to a lot of people. That would be news to a lot of people that actually that there were, you know, tribal towns. And in fact, you mentioned one city almost. I forgot where it was. Was it South Carolina or somewhere where there was a, uh, a, a yeah, big Missouri, Cahokia? Across okay, the, the river from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Cahokia was uh, back in its day um, was actually had a, a larger population than the city of London. Yeah. And so that, oh, is that Pianchi? Did you want to say something? Yeah, I, I was going to say something. Sure. Uh, Thanks to you. Chief well, Dan. good to hear from you, my friend. 
And you know, you was making mention about powwow. That's uh, a term for the convening of a conference, even singular of, of you know other area nations. And uh, a term used in Africa and Southern Africa is called indaba. Mm-hmm. They had an indaba session here in America that was put on, you know, by the Nation of Islam some years ago. I think it was two thousand and one. But the, yeah, they, it, it's, it's different. It's different words in different ethnic groups that basically mean the same when you stand back and look at. It. Mm-hmm. If you go back far enough, we were all in a tribe of some sort. Oh yeah, and I know Kahoki very well. You. You used to go up on top of that mound many times up those long flight of steps when I was younger, but uh, it's still there. Okay, Illinois, well, overlooking the river. We have a we have a, a saying that we um, has been incorporated into our our seal, and uh, we use it quite often. And that that uh, phrase is "bomogenhiados," which means we are still here. I feel that way about my show. As long as the sun shines. <laughs> another term in the holidays is, uh, another saying is, as long as the sun shines and the rivers flow. That was actually incorporated into the language of the Treaty of New York that was between the Creek Confederacy and uh, George Washington. There was uh, almost that exact language was in there. And if we could have just stuck with that treaty, we would have been in good shape. But unfortunately... Uh, it didn't last that long. I need to go over that again. We should do uh, an hour on that alone um, because I remember reading about it before. And uh, again, I'm, pick a topic. <laughs> One thing I know about being a host, you have a lot of things you need to know about. It's quite interesting. Um, back to visibility, though. I think that uh, the, the, the the Creek Fest is so important. Uh, for this area, and because of, you know of the wealthy northern cousins, that's pretty funny. Um, but to, just for this area, you know, for the schools, are, are schools still visiting? You know, the 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 cultural center or things going on there was that closed down too for the last little bit? Uh, that's that has all been closed down, and we're uh, uh, beginning to be able to to reestablish that. Uh, uh-huh. This coming year is is hopefully everything is going to be politically settled so that we don't have pandemic anymore um and uh, we'll be able to get back into into the places that we would normally have uh, been teaching and and giving demonstrations and such so we've uh this is going to be a good this coming year is going to be a very good year and uh, and we're going to get back to some semblance of uh doing what we what we know how to do and what our our mission is is to preserve our language heritage and culture Mm-hmm. I need to learn more of the language. I love speaking it. I just, uh, you know, unless you're here, I don't get that much practice, you know, because I don't, I can't really speak to Muskogee to anybody else I come in contact with uh, unless I'm out at the, the tribal grounds. So what's going on with the, the tribal grounds? People should know about that too. Uh, is that some place that people can visit year round now or, uh, you know, the cultural center, do you have like hours you're open? Do you have, or is it a weekend thing? You know, if, if people want to learn more about the Creek, uh, especially maybe their own yeah. heritage. We'll talk about that too. But what, what can people do now as far as travel grounds go? Well, at this at this point, uh, our we don't have regular hours on our our cultural center, and mm-hmm. uh, it's still, of course, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what we have, are doing is we have just uh, launched 
a new website, which is uh, still a work in progress as well, mm-hmm. and uh, Santa Rosa Creek Band dot org, and we have the beginning on there of a of a history timeline that goes back and starts with the doctrine of discovery, um, which was the papal bulls that uh, gave uh, from the the Vatican that gave uh, uh, the right to uh, European Christian monarchies to claim any lands that they may encounter. I won't say discover because I'll say encounter because lands were already there. So were the people, but any lands they might encounter that, that had inhabitants, which were not Christian. And so it's, it starts there and comes all the way down through some trees and such. And um, so that uh, the beginning of that timeline has already started and we'll, after the Creek Fest is over, which has been consuming a lot of time, um, mm-hmm. then we'll get back to um, adding more history on there. But we are wanting that uh, website to be the, the go-to place to, to learn about uh, uh, about not only the Creek history, but indigenous people. in the. That's fascinating. Do you, do you remember when the deduction of discovery was? Um, which pope? It had to be like Columbus time, right? It's about 1500s, 1400s? It was pretty – it was – yeah, it was, it was uh, around Columbus's time, but before him. Okay. And well, and it wasn't really targeted just at this continent, but it was also targeted at the uh, exploration that was being done in in Africa. Yeah, I thought this was where Pianchi was going to comment on that. Pianchi, do you know about this, Doctrine of Discovery? Yeah, it was Pope Nicholas and Pope Eugenia. Hmm. Yes. Didn't you? He'd know. <laughs> <laughs> this is great to have both of you folks on because you, you both have such a, he's, he's such a smart guy. Of, he's, he's a, yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's got to handle on a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, that's why he's on every day. You know, if Pianchi weren't Pianchi, you know, if he's you know like a, like an average caller to most talk shows, no, <laughs> I wouldn't have him on. But he's, yeah. he's a genius yeah. in so many areas. It's great. You know what? Uh, Go ahead, Pianchi. I hear a lot of blacks always talking about. Uh, of course, everybody do too. But Columbus was Columbus was was off because his navigators was off. His navigators were the Nino brothers. They was, you know, Moors. And the reason why he landed in the wrong place because his navigators was was uh, they had bad bad navigators. They were supposedly black. You know, anything ain't really white nowadays. It's black. But uh, <laughs> yeah, his Everybody navigators wants to be black, even Nino. the white people. Well, an interesting thing, and and Panaki, you probably already know about this, but uh, the Bacon Rebellion uh, was the first time the the word white people was or or black people was uh, was used, and uh, that um, term white people was never used until that uh, time of the Bacon Rebellion and some of the legislation that was put forth to try to. to tamp down the uh, uh, the African uh, folks that were here and the Native Americans that were here, and I think that was yeah. In, I've forgotten the date on that. You'll have to pardon me about that. But you know how you uh, know that. The reason that? you know you know that the reason that is because when you look at the manifest of the ships, nobody identifies themselves as white. They identify right. from the country they came from. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning. Well, my friends, I have to hit the road here. 
Um, what already? I've got, uh, got people out at the tribal grounds waiting on me, and they're blowing up my phone as I'm sitting here. Uh, so let me. Oh, I thought uh, we had an hour. This you, is no uh, fun. I'm just getting going. <laughs> I'm just getting started. He'll, he'll, he'll take over and can carry on there. Okay. But, uh, Great. Yeah, I, I, I apologize for that. But uh, and uh, Greg, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday for sure. Well, I'll announce that as soon as you're leaving us early. Well, let's get the, the okay. dates, places, times, websites, give all the, all the contact information for the Creek Fest you can, and then uh, okay. we'll get you back uh, hopefully this time every week, he said with a grin. All right. Santa Rosa Creek Band on uh, the Facebook. SantaRosaCreekBand.org is the website. Um, and the Creek Fest will be uh, November 19th and 20th from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. both days. You okay. uh you come back more often because there's a lot of questions and need okay. your primary source. All right, we'll, yeah, we'll plan on doing that. We want to have you on the show? So yeah. Say, yeah, we'll get you back. So I will say hatam chihi chatlis. I will see you again. Chihi chatlis. Mado. Here we go. Mado. So that's uh yeah. There's no word for goodbye in Creek. So it's um. You know, Hutam Chihi Chathlas is Muskogee for until we meet again. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, didn't, I thought he was going to be on for an hour. I didn't know. <laughs> Nobody tells me anything. I'm the host. You know, I just kind of wing it uh, and, uh, and see what we can do. But yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Dan was on for, I think, what, maybe two or three years, you know, and then life got busy. You know, stuff happens. Like Wendy disappeared for a while. Dan disappeared for a bit. You know, I want to get these folks back because to me, the, you know, it's all part of our Action Radio family. Uh, and that's what uh, what keeps us going. But the, I'll be at the Creek Fest. You can so get the, you, go ahead. You can get you can get some of those people to come on. I might try to get some of them to come on, but you have to have a good topic for them. And, you know, I like to talk to them about the land because mm-hmm. we hear so much about the land. Like for instance, when they talk about forty acres in a mule, mm-hmm. and I respond and say, "Well, that was Indian land. So how are they going to give away Indian land? Why would you take it?" You know, you ask these hard questions. It's kind of like a stop sign or a long duration red light. Mm-hmm. But those are my favorite questions. The questions that don't have an immediate answer. It's the uh, the things that nobody's thought to ask. You know, this is why I tell people. I said I ask you impossible questions, but you don't have to answer now. Come back next week. Think about it. Let's do some research. Let's let's delve into some of these things. But uh, just the fact that you know, uh, having you and Dan on the show together. It's fabulous just because of the different things that you know and the, and the you know, different ancestors you have. Uh, and so, you know, and me too. You know, you've got three of us. you got, you know, a white guy, an Indian, and a black guy all on the show together. You know, and just the, the, our experiences, yeah, and- our culture, our history, that's, that's, that's action radio. And that's, that's the way it should be. And it's the application of common sense. Mm-hmm. You know, human being human being behavior is dictated on common sense. Uh, rather than step in the water, step on the rocks to keep your feet dry. That's common sense. And mm-hmm. I find that people today, like you may mention about the young people, today is voting for abortion and uh, climate change. That's yeah. because they haven't been conditioned to think that way. You never should let your vulnerable child be conditioned out of common sense and reality, and that's what we see as happening. Yeah, no, it's it's in um, government schools. Well, government schools need to go away. But it, what's interesting, and I was going to talk to Dan about this, is, is some of the political angle. Now, they're five hundred one c three nonprofit. 
Uh, so there's only so much he can do in politics. But I think that uh, you know, and even the, the term Native American as opposed to American Indian. You know, American Indian is unique. Native American is not. Anybody can be a Native American if you're born here. And so even the terminology, this is why you know, words get very specific. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping to get uh, World Indigenous News and some of the – I was trying to organize with Dan uh, some of the different tribes across the country uh, to be calling in and reporting news. I'd love to do a, a Native American hour or American Indian hour uh, once a week. I got the time for it. You know, everybody else has taken off. <laughs> Half my reporters, you know, left in the last few months. So I got, I got plenty of time to do this. And we were starting to organize things like that uh, and get more guests. And then, like I say, Dan got busy with, with his life. Uh, and stuff happens. You know, people just, uh, they have things that they, they need to do. Um, but uh, those are the kind of things that I was, you know, that I want to do this show to get more voices, more, more opinions. Because the one thing that never comes up, and I was going to ask Dan about this too, in the entire midterm election uh, and the previous uh, presidential elections, you know, the, the question of American Indians never comes up. Sure, it comes up for sports teams and, uh, you know, getting the, the, the Indian maiden off Land O'Lakes butter and, you know, and things, different things like getting rid of Aunt Jemima, you know, all this, this, this crazy nonsense. But when it comes down to, to politics, why do we still have a reservation system? You know, why don't we put the illegal aliens on it who are awaiting their immigration hearing? You know, why do we, uh, why has this never come up? Why do American Indian issues not become a regular part of the political debate? That's part of the reason I want to have Dan on the show every week. I want this to be just as regular as everything else. You know, and so different people, different cultures within America, you know, I want it to be just as normal to hear you know, American Indian news as it is to hear the economic report. That's, it's, sort of, it's a normalizing yeah, you know, process. You know, like we talk about Indians, guns? Go ahead. They still sovereign citizens. They are mm-hmm. a sovereign country here because if you drive in, if one is driving on the highways in Oklahoma or the, or the roads, and they're stopped by a state trooper, he has to call someone of their uh, uh, tribal authority to come handle mm-hmm. that matter, mm-hmm. even today. And I think yeah. that, between me and you, I think it's a good thing. Well, I think it's a good thing, too. You know, and that's another nation within the United States. When we talk about Indian nations, these are nations. You know, within our country. So we are actually a United Nations state country. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> I'll have to, maybe I have to work on that one. But, but the idea that uh, we have states that are actually nation states, you know, the ones we all know, the 50 nation states, but we also have uh, Indian nations. I think Comanche, Cherokee, Apache, think that they uh, Lakota, you know, they all have, they all have territory. That's, that's their own state. Go ahead. Yeah, and if they want to continue to drive gasoline vehicles, just like the Amish prefer to have the horse pull uh, cart, that's their business. Yeah, it'd be interesting if the only uh, gas vehicles were on uh, uh, tribal land. You know, or, or it would be interesting if, if the American – well, here's a, here's, a, here's a scenario for you, right? So, so there's a lot of gambling casinos on, on tribal land uh, as opposed to regular nation-state land. Um, and what if the, uh, the the wacko leftists in uh, in Congress said that you cannot produce American you can't produce gas cars in the United States anymore? So the first thing that uh, like the Comanche could do on the tribal land is set up a, a gasoline car plant. Hey, we're making this is not American. You don't have jurisdiction here. We we can make uh, we can make gasoline That's car right. vehicles right here. Wouldn't that be fascinating? And, and what would be more fascinating if if you had some Gretchen's come in and say, well, you're polluting the air. And at that time, the tribal member look up in the sky and say, I don't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The air over <laughs> my country is okay. Yeah. Maybe it's the air over your country. 
Yeah. Or what yeah. if what if uh, the tribal land approves of carbon dioxide, for example? Is that, is that enough? We need more carbon dioxide. We're going to generate more carbon dioxide here, you know, for the carbon cycle and, and save our planet. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, all these things that people don't think about. You know, you want to be controversial? Talk about carbon dioxide being the, um, you know, being a, a life-saving, uh, yeah. uh, you know, gas that we need a lot more of. It's called a simple solution. I mean, uh-huh. the solution is there. It's simple. But yeah. you got those for deviant reasons don't want the simple answer to the uh, solution to be uh, to be heard. Yeah. I mean, that's what uh, wokeness and uh, counsel is about. They don't want that to be heard. Yeah, there's nothing more uh, isolating than a woke person because they, they don't hear anything. They don't, uh, you know, it says, and I like my example, it's like the... Um, you know the, the people that uh, that are that are the election deniers or you know they call us election deniers and I call them election liars. You know the, the election liars. That's a, good, that's, yeah. a, that's a good response. Election liars. Well, it hit me last night in the middle of the night. I woke up and I, I said election denier, election liar. My mind operates in very strange ways, but that's where that's where I came up. With. It was like half asleep when I thought of it. You know, so I uh, I should he lied, deny and evade. Lie, yeah, deny, deny, evade. Yeah, we need we need some another word for confused that rhymes with that. Lie, deny, decry. Confusion is evading. You you evade the you evade the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. They I'm deny it right in front of your eyes. I mean, they <laughs> deny it. I mean, here yeah. you have a town that has a hundred thousand people in the last mm-hmm. census, but you got two hundred thousand ballots turned in. I mean, that well, actually, that's example. Uh, it's funny you should say that because one of the things I want to talk to you about the Trump campaign about when I get connected with them, which I'm working on, you know, very clear here, um, is is to do another census, but do a census just of illegal aliens, have a legal alien census. So let's find out who, where, you know, document where they are, register them as illegal aliens uh, in the census, and then we it would make uh, just like they register guns to compensate guns. You know, I think all the illegal aliens should be registered so we can find them and uh, confiscate all their stuff. So we could do a nationwide census, uh, find out where the illegals are, and that would include those. Uh, you know, then you have to go into the birthright, uh, the 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 illegally awarded citizenship group. That's going to be a whole other project, you know, for for to have a have a have a citizenship correction. You know, those that were mistakenly uh, awarded American citizenship, born to illegal alien parents, foreign parents, any parents, you know, other than American citizen, at least one American citizen. You know, we need to correct their citizenship and and restore it to its proper uh, country. You know, not ours, <laughs> you know, and so that would, uh, so we're going to reverse. We're, in other words, we're going to reel in the anchor chain. <laughs> the anchor babies, we're, we're going to haul anchor or was way anchor. So we should call it the way anchor campaign. So, but we're going to correct the citizenship of millions of you people know, you could, mistakenly awarded it. And it's, well, you can do it. You can do it by executive orders, but it's not a law. You know, it's, it's, you it's, know, a, the, it's a uh, policy. Mm-hmm. You know, the native Americans, uh, American Indians, their tribe, their sovereign land, Mm-hmm. They should have their own immigration system where they can invite their cousins, uh, no matter where they are, to come right on in and circumvent the U.S. immigration. Oh, in other words, fly directly into uh, native airports or American Indian airports and things? Yeah. As a port? Yeah, maybe well, we could build, build, build them an airport. Well, let me get my, my travel card out here because I was actually made a member. And so let me pull this out here. Hang on. I always carry it just because you never know what's going to come in handy. Uh, digging through the wad here. Hang on. Um, you can have the old passport coming into well, their own country. Too. 
Well, now, but it, but a, but a, uh, a Native American passport or an American Indian passport should be just as valid as a U.S. passport for coming into the United States. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So Santa Rosa County. You know, County you and I going to get labeled. What's that now? You and I going to get labeled. You and I going to get labeled as thesis uh, stirrers. <laughs> oh, thesis disturbers. Yeah. Well, isn't that the whole point of the show? <laughs> So here's my, here's my tribal membership. Santa Rosa Creek County Creek Tribe, uh, Indian Creek Tribe Incorporated, established in 1990 under Florida Statute 285.19 and recognized by the Muscogee Creek Indian Council of Florida in 1996, you know, operating uh, here under, does hereby certify the holder of this card, me, uh, as a member entitled to all the rights, privileges, benefits, courtesies, actions, or assistance by federal, state, local, or private entities that would be afforded to any other Native American person or group. I'm a Native American. I've got the cards right here. This is cool. You know, existing under, say, uh, any other statute, executive order, or, or legislation in existence in the state of Florida appertaining to other Native American Indians. So guess what? I'm a Native American. You know, just like uh, slaves were the property of Indians. At that time, that was common mm-hmm. practice in the world. Mm-hmm. So the people that sold them that property, that's what, mm-hmm. well, you can't put no owners to nobody, but that's what they were. They, they were the property. That's why I come in, in 1865, Emancipation Proclamation, which only applied to those that were behind uh, the troops of the North, that mm-hmm. uh, his uh, proclamation did not apply to to the Indian tribes. And using the word Indian as came out of the 1832 treaty mm-hmm. as just a designation. You had to call it something. So well, see, this is, and just for folks that are saying, why are you saying American Indian? Well, because there's a difference between a Native American, in other words, somebody who is born American, and an American and Indian. And an indigenous. And an indigenous, and an well, indigenous person. But, well, indigenous but were the Mayans who were here Indigenous was the Mayas and the Aztecs, and one other I can't think of the name. I think the Taino. You don't Inca. know where they came from, but they were Mayans, there. Aztecs, Inca, and Incas. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Inca, okay. Yes, really right. I'm, here, Thank you very I'm, much, I'm your backup. <laughs> I'm your backup. I'll help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but those are the indigenous. They was here first. Uh, yep. Well, people say they was here. Nobody knows really. People yeah. wander off the port and go astray, and you don't come back for a while. So they don't know. Were who what uh, ethnic group member of an ethnic group was nowhere first. Yeah, yeah. And some people like to go back to the time when all the continents was connected together. My goodness, there was no New York Times that you could read about that, really. So. Oh, Pangaea or Gondwanaland? Those are the two Pangea, names for the, yeah. the, the supercontinent. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think Pangaea sounds better. Anyway, so Pangaea was the original continent. So the Earth was one landmass, and the Earth is divided up into tectonic plates. And the plates move, and they move the continents around. They're still moving. That's why you have earthquakes when plates rub up against each other. Um, that's why when I lived in San Francisco in 1989, on October 17th, uh, we had the, the second great San Francisco earthquake of 6.9 on the Richter scale because the San Andreas Fault, the division between the North American plate and the Pacific plate, moved. You know, and it moved a lot, <laughs> like maybe a foot or something like that, which in, in geological space is massive. So anyway, the plates kind of, because they, they build up pressure between them, and then, especially on the mountains. This is why earthquakes happen in mountain areas, because the mountain areas, it's not smooth. You know, you got, a, you got an earthquake fault on a plain, oh, they can just slide by each other. You know, they're, they're doing their, you know, half inch every hundred years, whatever it is they move, right? Um, and that's okay. They're cool. They're cool with that. You know, that's not where you're going to find the earthquakes. It's the mountain areas. 
the Santa Cruz Mountains is where the uh, um, the, the earthquake, uh, I forgot what it was called, in, in the 89 earthquake in San Francisco happened in the mountains. You know, yeah, that's, it what down, is. that's why mountains are what they are. They yeah. push up. Well, mountains are pushed up by the colliding of plates. You know, the Himalayas. Yeah, the ones India. that got the sharpest peaks are the most recent. Yeah. Yeah, the Himalayas are one of the newest mountain chains. That's why Everest is so high. So India smashes into Asia and creates the Himalayas. You know, the North American plate mm-hmm. smashes into uh, uh, the Pacific plate. Pacific plate's bigger, <laughs> you know, so the North American plate's smaller. You know, so that's how we get our coastal mountains. Now, I'm not sure where the Rockies are. And there's always ever-increasing material because it falls from out of space. Mm-hmm. No, but the Earth is still rising. The, 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 land, the, the mountains are still being, you know, are still rising. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Earth is isn't active. It, this isn't science this beautiful? Oh, it's wonderful. We actually follow it here, by the way, <laughs> you know, contrary to other people that believe in stupid stuff. Well, we're going to take a break here in a okay. second, but I want, I want to get, get back to – what were you going to say? Why don't you go ahead? No, go ahead and get back to those uh, articles. I'm on this one site uh, that you were reading about, and it's really interesting. Which one? And I've kind of moved off from it. The one that was talking about the corporations and all that stuff. Uh, truth. Truth, truth, truth. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I bookmarked it. It's, I think I put that uh, away. Truth, something. Oh, is that the American Sovereign Citizen? Oh, True History. No, that's not one of yeah. my sites. You, want, you can present an article. Yeah, you want, you want to present an article? No, I, get it. I like these articles. I got it off your site. Um, Facebook? Because I haven't, I, I've, I usually Facebook, turn yeah. Hang on, I'll tell you exactly here in a minute. Right. I it usually was, turn off my uh, Facebook. Uh, American citizen. Yeah, American citizen or U.S. citizen. Oh, let's it's go over that. Thing. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let me let me play a couple things here, and we'll come back. we got the rest of the show. Since I, I so brilliantly, you know, uh, forgot to uh, download my uh, my uh, interview with uh, Ben Garrison, the, the uh, editorial cartoonist um, for today, and apparently my show cannot upload an audio clip and run the show at the same time. So let me play a couple more things here real quick. And then we'll get back and I'll, I'll pull up that article. And let's talk about that, that whole sovereign citizen nonsense. And we'll be right back. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. 
Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Okay, we're back. Uh, Pancake's on the line with me. And uh, there's an article I post, I think, last night um, because I run up to, into these people all the time, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and uh, it's interesting to, to, to listen to them. In fact, uh, one of my friends who's going to be on the show Monday, uh, Ann Vanderseel, that uh, was on previously um, uh, with another, uh, another person that was sort of uh, uh, doing like a, like a guest hour for a while. And Ann has had me on her show. She's, she's growing fast in, in conservative media. Uh, is doing a great job, but she's adopted this American States Patriots thing, uh, and it's right on her website. So I'm, I'm not, you know, talking about any any uh, confidential information here. But uh, there are folks, and Josie was doing this too. Remember when Josie was talking about, you know, how she had uh, all of the, um, the the papers, and she was she, uh, you know, she's getting out from under the UN, and she's going to be a. Uh, I'm surprised she hasn't called in that I'm talking about her uh, sovereign citizen stuff, and uh, you know, they're not subject to U.S. laws, they're not to pay taxes, they don't need a driver's license. You know, they're they're independent of this country. And, uh, you know, the birth certificate is not owned by the U.N. And, uh, you know, they're getting separating from the, you know, that all lawyers are, are actually organized by London and that, uh, you know, we're a corporation and our birth certificates have been sold to the U.N. All this other nonsense. It's really crazy stuff. But a lot of people believe it. And it's such a distraction. I think, you know, I, I'm sure it's a cyber operation. Uh, a psyop, as they say, from the government to distract conservatives away from actually going after the left and the Marxists. That's what I think is going on here, because it's a bunch of nonsense. But because so many people believe it, I want to deal with it and get it out there. So this is the site you're talking about, right, Pianki? American States Patriots, that's the one? Just yes. Sure. Okay. So what have you discovered uh, as you go through it? What do you find? Well, I really haven't had a chance to go through it, but a lot of stuff I already knew or heard about. You know, you got one chapter here. Uh, talk about the income tax and truth about the income, 16th mm-hmm. Amendment, and on down the line. W-4 withholding, American citizen or U.S. citizen. Yeah, no, it's it's all here. Let me just, um, for those who want to take a look at this, it's American states, uh, www.americanstates.us.com. 
website, American States Patriots. Uh, says, restore your freedoms, basic human rights, claim your property rights, build prosperity that will last for generations. And let me just get the, uh, the intro. This is a website for collaboration of patriots throughout America. Welcome to the American States Patriots website. I bet you there are more than one, but this is the one I found. So this site is a collaboration of patriots throughout America that recognize the threat that we as Americans face from forces set on the destruction of our republic and humanity throughout the world. Well, I agree with that. I agree that there are forces set on destruction of our republic, the globalists, right? Uh, and that includes the internal globalists, you know, the Bush family, Clinton family, uh, Obama, Obama family, the Soros's, Gates, you know, all these folks, plus the, the woke corporations, uh, the, the, the woke media, and, the, um, and, the, and big tech, big tech censorship. Yes, they're intent on destroying the republic. That's who we're fighting. But to create this, this American state sovereign citizen, I'm not part of the federal government nonsense any, you know, uh, anymore, uh, is, is, I think, a plot from government to distract people from going after those people. It's like a self-defense thing. They get enough people wrapped up in this, enough people donating to it, enough money and stuff, and it, 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 it's nonsense. Anyway, um, then they say, with information contained within this site, you will be enabled to restore your freedom, basic human rights, claim your property rights, and build prosperity that will last for generations. Well, we already have that. This is the part I don't understand. We already have that. We're already sovereigns. American citizens are sovereign. Uh, we are individuals bestowed by our creator with individual rights that government can neither create nor destroy. That's what makes us sovereign. The government cannot control our rights. We have them independent of government. There's a separation of government and rights, not church and state, but rights and government. There, it's already separate. It started with the Declaration of Independence when we declared independence from England, where we became citizens of the United States and, and ceased being colonists of England. That's when it happened. Then another friend of mine made a comment that after the Civil War, you know, it happened again. Emancipation and, uh, and the 14th Amendment, which says we are citizens not only of the United States, but the states in which we reside. So we actually have dual citizenship. Citizenship of, of the United States and citizenship of our nation state. So I don't really see what these people are talking about. None of this makes any sense to me. Why are they doing this? Why are they trying to have you pay for and spend time fighting for something that you already have? That to me is irrational. Pianchi? Yeah, I've heard it that taken on by many different groups too. <clears throat> Not many, mm-hmm. Well, I know of these two. One's New Wabians and <clears throat> the other is uh, Hebrews. There's been New Wabians. Who are the New Wabians and who are the Hebrews? Well, they're just factions. They groups within the greater population of uh, Black America. Huh. Well, let me ask you about the Nation of Islam. They're not just, large. Uh, they actually... they, they're not large. It's just um, basically mm-hmm. around the table uh, uh, idea. Hmm. Well, groups don't have, don't have to start off as large. You know, a lot of groups start off fairly small and they just build. Uh, that's how it works. But how about, uh, let me ask, um, if you can tell me about the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan. Is he actually trying to build a nation, a black Muslim nation within the United States? Or is that just a, a catchy title they have for their group? That's always the underlying reason. Okay. You can go back and smaller history and see that. Uh, Gaddafi, and of course, he wasn't the first one. He's the king of kings. Mm-hmm. Gaddafi was a dictator. So that's always <laughs> been uh, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Napoleon. That's, that's always the underlying ultimate of many people that have came along in history. 
Everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> uh, Coldplay, <laughs> you know, uh, no, that wasn't them. It was somebody else. Uh, Simple Minds, whatever. Yeah, sorry about my musical knowledge there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, I was talking about this. Though, they captured the nation states. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was interesting. I was, I was picking on uh, Germany the other day. Sorry for my German listeners, but there's not a great track record between Karl Marx, Bismarck, Kaiser Wilhelm, um, and Hitler as far as you know German and now Klaus Schwab of Germans wanting to control the world. You know, and the French had Napoleon. I don't know anybody else in, in previous French history. During the Revolution, you had Robespierre. He wanted to dominate everything. He had a lot of people killed. Um, British had the kings, but they, they basically dominated Britain. Uh, Russia had the czars. You know, everybody's had people. Everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> you know, let's go back in ancient history. Uh, Alexander the Great, uh, Genghis Khan, um, Hannibal. <laughs> you know, who, who else wanted to rule the world? Um, Constantine. Only the Caesars. Constantine, yes. Yeah, I'll, what's wrong with these that's people? How you get, that's how you get today's religious doctrines. <laughs> so Constantine was uh, was Christian, or what was he? Even though he wanted to rule the world. You know, uh, that's a discussion that I can participate in, but it, it, then you start messing with people's beliefs. And the circumference of their belief. Oh, that's never a problem for me. <laughs> this whole show well, is dedicated to messing with people's beliefs. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, see, but it was, in, it was the uh, in Davos and like the powwows uh-huh. with them is the ecumenical council meetings that hmm. created much of the doctrine that you have today. The doctrine of Jesus Christ, His image, His, his image come off of uh, His image. What you see then was that of uh, Serapis, who was uh, a image that was created by Ptolemy, for Ptolemy the first by mm-hmm. the male cop Egyptian priest of that day. And I think it's Ptolemy. That's how I pronounce it. Was Ptolemy? Yes. Okay. So he was the one that did what? Did he discover that uh, the Earth revolved around he the wanted sun? Or to be was that a, he wanted to be a he wanted to be a god. Oh, well, that's always stupid. What is this, what is this God complex? People, you're not going to be a God. Well, no. There, there, there's God well, and there's us. <laughs> you know, get it, get yeah. it. Yeah, well, yes, but you can't, you can't go back and say what they were doing is stupid because it was going on thousands of years before he came upon the scene. Yeah. And they was already created. That's what the people believe. Yeah. See, I don't have a great knowledge of ancient history, so if you want to uh, um, tell me about some some cultures, you know, from the uh, – the Abyssinians, the Assyrians, the, the Phoenicians, the Carthaginians, you know, the Babylonians. I, I'm weak in that area of history. You know, I have much better knowledge of modern history. But I think it would be very interesting to go through that, especially if you want to, like, pick a culture and, and, and tell us about it uh, from what you know. Um, that uh, would be interesting uh, to start doing, like, an ancient history segment. And let's, let's get us all caught up. And, you know, everybody, the only thing people know about ancient history is that Brad Pitt played Achilles in Troy. <laughs> That's about as far as it goes. And people got introduced to, to, to some new names in that movie. I, I kind of like that movie, actually. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, good sword fighting, you know, especially that opening scene with the Hawaii yeah, it, it, yeah. There's a lot of things out there. And like I say, when you start telling these uh, historical – see, history is real people, real events, uh-huh. and real places. And uh-huh. when you start telling them, it messes with what people have been indoctrinated in, especially in churches, in the black community, in churches. 
you know, blacks are, and, and I'm not saying for all, some of them just look at this life as just a stopover. Mm-hmm. No, I think a lot of people do that. I think, the, I think feudalism was based on that. Don't worry about your miserable life serving your landlord because your reward's coming in heaven. You know, I'm like, that's, that's, uh, and, and heaven should be here on earth. I mean, there's heaven and there's earth, but uh, you can still create heaven on earth uh, through freedom. And, and that's what Wendy talks about all the time. You know, God teaches freedom. You know, we're supposed to be a free people. We're not supposed to be under godless, communist, Marxist, you know, domination. The natural spirit of human beings is to be free. And it's up to us to fight for it. And it's the same old battle. Those who well, want to control yeah, are organized. Yeah, but God also say, man, I'm... I am the Lord, your God, and I'm a jealous God. Yep. I always wondered about that. Statement. I should ask Wendy about that. You know, there's a, and, and actually, well, at least God admits that God is jealous. I mean, that's good to know. And I think we do know that. You know, thou shalt have no God well, that before means me. you don't want you believing in nobody else. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I've always questioned this. And, uh, you know, it, it fascinates me that we have all these different religions and philosophies. And yet, is, is Jesus the only way to heaven? I'm, you know, I'm thinking. Nobody I'm thinking. gets to the Father by, unless going through the Son. And he uh-huh. also talks about building, building fences, too. So how is it we have, uh, you know, does that mean the Jews aren't going to heaven? Does that mean the, the, the Muslims aren't going to heaven? Does that mean the, the Shintos, Zoroasters, Baha'is, you know, and all the other folks, the agnostics? The Jews were a different uh, those people had their own belief. They own. See, they had. He had. They had their own origin story too. The uh-huh. origin story uh, and tried to produce the origin of everybody else through the sons of Noah. Uh-huh. Ham, Shem, yeah. and Japheth. Ham's supposed to be black folk. Japheth's supposed to be white folk. Shem's supposed to be yellow folk. As time uh-huh. went on, people had varied that and come up. And people believe that even today. Yeah. They really do. Well, people believe that was are, are that was a convi- that was invented at the Council of uh, Jambia in 70 A.D. in a town called Jave. There on the, I guess that would have been on the shorelines of uh, what we call the Middle East, coming out of huh. Egypt, going on up uh, along this side of the Mediterranean. I wonder what the Middle East was called before the British named it the Middle East. I think it was the, British, the British had the Middle East and the Asia Far East. Asia Minor. Oh, okay. Asia Minor. Huh. I wonder where the name Asia came from. That, that sounds Western, too. Let me give you a little bit more on this mm-hmm. website because uh, it's kind of fascinating. It says uh, uh, a website for the collaboration of patriots throughout America. Now, tell me if, if this isn't a, a government, you know, uh, inside plot to distract uh, you know, America First, there's Patriots, uh, Independence, uh, and other folks. This is hope you enjoy all that we have put together, including unbiased, uncensored information and news. Well, that if anybody that says they're unbiased or, or uncensored immediately has me suspect. All right, everything is biased. You, there's no such thing as unbiased news. So now I'm now I'm suspicious. Then it says uh, news. Then it says medical support, healthcare, wellness information, and products, emergency preparedness information, and products. A lot of products here. So they're selling stuff, right? So there's, there's money in this, right? This is legal support, a parallel economy with banking. Oh, that's interesting. Access to clean food. That's what uh, Chancey Terry always talked about. Organic food is clean food. That's a new co-opted word, by the way. Clean food, water, and clothing, nutrition products, general store. Oh, no more products. Employment opportunities, money. Education courses and seminar videos, money. Homeschooling and more. <laughs> so if, if you wanted to take over the Patriot movement, 
if you want to take over the independents, the, the militia folks, the folks that generally want, you know, freedom and uh, all the things we're supposed to have here, what better than to be in care, wellness information, uh, products, emergency preparedness, legal support, parallel economy, banking, clean food, water and clothing, nutrition, general store, employment, education, uh, and homeschooling. <laughs> what better to infiltrate all those areas of independence if you're a government agency? Trying to just weed out the, the well, patriots you know, from the sheep. So I think it's, I think it's a weed out. I think it's like people, registering people. This is a, a yeah, like people with organic food. You know, your body at the cellular level is going to only take what it needs anyway, no matter what the carrier is. Mm-hmm. But I think we're healthier without you know, the long-term you, effects of chemicals. There chem- I don't need GMO food. I want real food. I don't need you know pesticides. I don't need a lot of stuff. But it's, you're right. You know, your body takes what it needs, and uh, you know, then the rest gets uh, gets uh, flushed and dumped. It's flushed out. So exactly. When you go sit on the when you go sit on the throne. Mm-hmm. But look at this here. And then it says member benefits include access to confidential information for emergency communication, seminar access, confidential news, state national training, member form, and much more. This is a cult. Piaget, <laughs> this is looking like a cult now. Then it says unbiased, uncensored information and news. And then it says, you know, confidential information. So in other words, we've got a secret. So the American state patriots, the independents, the sovereign citizens, this group of people that will give you papers. And if you pay money, they will give you something that you already have for free because you're born, (laughs) you know, uh, and now it becomes a cult member benefits. So you have to join this organization. I think it's registering patriots for the government. I think just like the government registers guns and gun owners, even though they say they don't. Uh, this is registering people that uh, are falling for this nonsense. And so to me, this is, this is a government-inspired uh, cult of, of trying to take patriots and convince them that they can, they can only be free if they join this organization rather than the fact that they, we have a birth to be free, uh, a constitution, a bill of rights, uh, and other, other protections therein. And that's how I see this. I see this as dangerous. Well, yeah, you know, people have to be a member of something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people end up in government, and they their ideology is shown in the way they go about carrying out their duties in government. Like you may mention the lady uh, out in Arizona, was the Secretary of State? I think you said she is. She's over the elections. Oh, Katie Hobbs. Yeah, yeah she's she's yeah, presiding Hobbs. over her own election mm-hmm. to governor. Isn't that fascinating? See, if you go back in her life and observe it and study it, you'll see where. It played a part in her actions today. Yeah. People cheat. Like when people see uh, Trump's name, they want to erase it. So mm-hmm. that there is something that has been ingrained in them throughout uh, their life, a portion of their life. Well, what do you think going to happen this time? Yeah. What do you think going to happen this time with Trump running? He's already declared, and the world didn't stop turning. Oh, boy. In fact, the media, maybe it's too early to focus on it, but the media hasn't completely come out and trashed him. Some people have, but there, there's not like a massive response. You know, the media isn't all geared up saying, you know, voting for Trump is voting for, for Hitler or, or uh, you know, voting for Trump is, is voting to, uh, you know, to destroy our democracy, even though we're not one, <laughs> you know, but I didn't see a, a massive outcry because maybe it was, I think Emma Robinson said on her show, you know, the fact that uh, Trump hadn't declared is like the, the worst kept secret in Washington because <laughs> everybody knew he was going to run. So maybe well, it's, it's, you know, anticlimactic. What's going to happen is what you've been saying for a while. If you don't straighten out the 2020, nothing after it is in, uh, is, is in vain. 
Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is that the same uh, what you call swing states is going to be in a play then also. Mm-hmm. And the, if you got people sitting at the helm, you're going to have similar results. There wasn't enough Sherlock Holmes going on. Mm-hmm. I think. And the media played a part in it because they keep using words like deniers and and uh, MAGA, Trump MAGA forces and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they never say MAGA. They never say they never say make America great again. Because who would be against yeah. that? They always say MAGA, Trump MAGA. You know they're they're dangerous. The whole, in other words, what they're really saying is freedom is dangerous. America first is dangerous. You know what they're saying it's is we have to. Planned. Yeah. Oh, I think it's all planned. Um, I don't. Th- but here's the thing: they can they can guarantee the planning, but they can't guarantee the results. You know, so well, no, they can't. But, but but see, once they, it's like they want the mosquito bite you. Either your mm-hmm. immune system take over, or it's going. It's it, what it's carrying is going to take over. <clears throat> you know, when uh, Musk got rid of a lot of people in Twitter, I would like to know the names of those people because I can guarantee you're going to see them somewhere down the line again. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, Musk put a lot of people back on Twitter. You know, like it's, Twitter is now open. I can post whatever I want on Twitter. Couldn't do that. Yeah, I know. But over it. Before that, it it took people to go along with what was going on before. And the people that were going along had that same sort of mindset, just like you're talking about these folks here to talk about the difference between American and sovereign citizens. Well, it mm-hmm. takes people to believe in that sovereign citizens. And they somehow know that a congregate uh, together mm-hmm. at Facebook, at Twitter, at other places. Well, at and the NAACP. Yeah, and Twitter was staffed with non-Americans. Twitter was staffed with people that don't believe in freedom. Twitter was staffed with people that follow the UN Declaration of Human Rights, and we can go over that sometime too. Uh, Twitter was staffed with people that specifically opposed free speech, which is kind of ironic considering what Let the company did. Yeah. Have you noticed you notice what's going on with Kanye West and this basketball player, right? No, I haven't. You, you'd have to fill me in on that. I'm not sure of that story. Well, in, 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 they're being called anti-Semite. Who is? Kanye uh, West? Of, uh, Irvin, the basketball player, wrote, read a book, and he posted excerpts of the book. The book is called From Negroes to Hebrews. And, of course, Kanye West talks about how the Jewish capitalists have been exploiting the black talent, especially that in entertainment, for, you know, time immemorial. People have been talking about it. You know, they used to talk about why these rappers using such verbiage lyrics in their song. And they mm-hmm. say, well, if we were told that we didn't do it, we weren't going to get a contract. And then you have to oh, look really? at who's writing the contract. Who runs Hollywood? Okay. Now, there, uh, the incident with them where the NBA has came out and said that for Urban, that player to get back in, they have to go through some training. Uh, they have to be taught Jewish history. He has to make $500,000 contribution to the ADL. Okay, now here's the thing. Where is the NAACP on this? Is this not a systematic racism toward a black? Where is well, the NAACP on Kanye West, the way he's been what? treated, where they kicked him out uh, of his contract? He fell from billionaire status down to about $400 million. Oh, really? He lost 
$600 million? From what? Contracts. He was a sponsor for Adidas and many other things. Oh, they took away he his endorsements. He had people in okay. Hollywood. Well, yeah. He had a group in Hollywood that came together and petitioned that he be excommunicated and all those things, like uh, Socrates weird. and them back in the day. <laughs> well, that, I mean, those people, Socrates was killed. You know, I mean, I, I know he committed suicide, but the alternative was they were going to kill him anyway. Um, so that's, that's you know, Galileo, I think. I'm not sure if he was killed or not by the church, um, but he was certainly persecuted by the church. Yeah, see, uh, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, the, the Jews are controlling Hollywood, I'm not going to go along with that statement. Uh, although there are Jewish owners of, of uh, films, Metro Golden Meyer. It, you know, the, the Meyer is Jewish. Okay, so what? Um, there are Christian rich folks in Hollywood, Jewish rich folks in Hollywood. There are rich folks in Hollywood. Hollywood is really controlled by the rich. And it's amazing how, uh, how leftist they are. Uh, I always find it fascinating. They'll, they'll put forward, you know, these movies about uh, the underdog against the oppressive government, you know, like the Hunger Games, while supporting the oppressive government. <laughs> so, you know, and, and the status quo. So it, it's not that uh, it's, it's Jewish versus black. It's really uh, leftist versus conservative. Because Kanye West is, is a black conservative. I think the, the fact that he's black well, you to look uh, is, at the, is, is see, not uh, thing. The, the main thing in play here. You've got two of them. Like what Henry Ford talked about, like the word anti-Semite is trying to distance yourself from the influence cap- in capitalism, in, in, in uh, capitalism and culture, and that's contr- that the uh, Jewish influence in those areas. So you have Jews, the club, like the Mormons, like the tuba from Senegal, and then you got the religion. Now, it's not about the religion because anybody can be a Jew. Sammy Davis General was one, right? Whoopi Goldberg. Well, I'm not sure of the conversion process. Yeah, it's, it's interesting people that want to be Jewish. Uh, people want to be anything except white, male, and Christian. <laughs> that, that seems to be the trend. So people will claim any ethnic status Yeah, but the con- in the conversion process, see, they talk mm-hmm. about – you go back as far back as you possibly can, mm-hmm. the people that would have utilized those words were not white-skinned people. Hmm. That's another thing that Irving was talking about. So, uh, question though, if you, you convert like you to Judaism, conversion, yeah, if you convert to Judaism, like do you have to renounce of, Christianity? So there's a question. Well, so some, that, that's somebody who came along later on and made up those rules. Okay. It's just like to become a Creek Indian compared to become a Cherokee. Cherokee, I think, is quantum blood. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's no, Cherokee or the Cheyenne. Yeah, Creek is to in fact uh, Dan Scott Creek, Creek. Uh, will, will tell you Creek the only is based on the mother. I think I thought Creek was make, based on the matriarch. So if you was you non Creek married a Creek and had a child, then the child was Creek. That makes sense. Yeah, that, I think uh, Judaism works the same way. Um, that uh, it passes because Muslim works through the father. So that's why Obama. Yeah. Is yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I'd have to get uh, the, the genealogist in the Creek tribe. Uh, I should get her back on, and uh, that would that would explain it. I'm not sure. Dan has talked about quantum, blood quantum. He says the only things that are are, uh, are judged by their blood quantum are dogs, horses, and, and uh, you know American Indians. That's the you know you don't have to prove you know if if you're Irish American you don't have to prove you don't have to give a blood sample to prove your Irish heritage. It's accepted. But in government, you know not, in, not, in, the, not, in, you know not the, in the tribes themselves, but in government, um, those things are, are they, they measure it with, uh, you know, how much how much of your blood is actually, you know, uh, American Indian or Native American. That's a different thing. Yeah. What were you going to say? 
that's up to them because in 1979, I believe, and maybe even later, they expelled a lot of blacks out of the uh, tribe. Well, that's interesting. Well, well, and it's interesting for, for me. I'm a member of the Creek tribe. I am now designated officially Native American. I have no Native American ancestry that I know of. None. But this is an honor that can be bestowed. That's part of the, of the, the Creek tribal law, and I think uh, uh, other um, American Indian nations have the same thing, where that you can be a tribe. Tri- not an honorary member. I mean a full member. I mean, a, you know. So I have the, the, the rights and privileges that uh, you know, all American Indians have by virtue of being officially brought into the Creek tribe. And this doesn't happen very often. This is an incredible honor. You know, that's why I want to get Dan back on and, and you know, because that's what I can do. But, um, but in terms of, yeah, of blood quantum, I don't have any Indian. blood quantum. What's that? You would be what they call a $5 Indian. What's that? <laughs> He's laughing. I think I'm, am I supposed to You're know this? You're a $5 Indian, how you came about getting involved. Uh, they say that with whites, too. No, I didn't ask for this. This is something that I didn't, I w- I've never asked for this. I, don't, I wouldn't feel the right to ask for this. This is an honor that was given to me without my knowledge. You know, and it's it just, uh, in fact, uh, Dan announced it on the show. I think I've got the show where he did this. I'm shocked. I'm like, I'm what? <laughs> You're doing what? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, and how do I honor this, uh, this honor? You know, and that, that was my question. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, let's, I've got more stuff here. I, wanna, I think I finished that. Well, I don't know if I finished that January. Let's see if I can finish that January 6th article. And then I'm going to play, uh, well, as we get close to January, it's time to play, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter January white sale piece. I haven't done that for a while. So let me, uh, let me get to the, the good part of this article. So that we started an article before on the show. Uh, feds haven't had informants in Proud Boys and Oath Keepers for J6. Julie Kelly, November 14th. So that would be three days ago. Uh, let me scroll down the last little part of this article here, and then I'm going to play some fun things. I'm going to play our Chris greetings, too. We've got uh, yeah, about 52 minutes of show to have some fun. Anybody wants to call us, feel free, 215-383-3832. So here we go. So let's start. Let's back up just a little bit. To It says not only uh, – just back up a little bit more. According to a bombshell piece in the New York Times – this is interesting. Oh, wait a minute. No, I've got to go back a little bit further. Otherwise, it won't make sense. Um, oh, here we go. But Ray, this is Christopher Ray, who, who runs the FBI KGB. He says, the article says he conveniently left off another vital detail about these militias, the number of FBI confidential human resources embedded within them, both before and during the Capitol protests. Okay, that's where I left off. I said, it says, prior to the September start of the seditious conspiracy trial against members of the Oath Keepers, prosecutors finally disclosed that at least five FBI informants were embedded in the group weeks and months before January 6th. Matthew Graves, the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, handling over 900 January 6th cases, busy boy, sought to prevent the jury from hearing about the informants' activities or involvement in past investigations. Of course he did, because that proves they're part of the coup. Uh, duh. Anyway, it says none testified as a witness for the government, but the defense wanted to call to the stand the vice president of the Oath Keepers, a man who worked directly with Stuart Rhodes. Stuart Rhodes is the one who called us from the Oklahoma Federal Prison for those, and you should look up those shows. Those are two fabulous shows. Anyway, so the man who worked directly with Stuart Rhodes, the founder and head of the group, Greg McQuirter, is a former sheriff's deputy and current owner of a tactical shooting range and gun shop in Montana. Is interesting. McWhorter is also an FBI informant. So he's probably in the militia of Montana, which was the big group during the Clinton administration, uh, the group that was protesting the most 
against the massacre at Waco by the FBI, uh, ATF, and other members of the government. Anyway, so it says here, according to a bombshell piece in the New York Times, I'll add, of all places, McWhorter was secretly reporting to the FBI about the group's activities in the weeks and months leading up to the Capitol attack, which means they knew it wasn't an insurrection. It was a protest, okay? So that's the defense right there. No wonder the government didn't want to call this guy as a, as a witness. Article says reporter Alan Foyer further revealed that McWhorter had suffered a medical emergency boarding a plane to Washington to testify and required hospitalization. Well, that's the Hillary Clinton attack. <laughs> you know, well, the minute anybody goes to testify against her, you know, they somehow have a suicide. It's really fascinating. It says prosecutors asked the presiding judge to find out who leaked the information about McCorder's role under court order protective seal to foyer. Uh, defense dropped him as a witness. Yeah, so the guy gets sick on the way to the airplane. Gee, do you think he might have been drugged or poisoned? Hmm, what do you bet? It says not only did McCorder work for the FBI, he lured Oath Keepers to his remote business by offering discounts to buy guns and ammunition before the 2020 election. Yeah, I bet she had some illegal short-barreled uh, shotguns. That's the Randy Weaver trick. Anyway, this is presumably at the behest of the FBI to produce evidence of self-styled, quote, militia, even though no crime was committed. Yeah, that's called entrapment. It says, although, it says all of it reeks of the FBI-engineered plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and an entrapment scheme underway at the very same time the FBI utilized informants in the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers before January 6th. In the Whitmer Fed-napping hoax, <laughs> that's a great term, uh, Dan Chappell, the lead informant, acted as the commanding officer of an imaginary militia revealed during the trial as a fabrication of, guess who, the FBI, to lure the FBI's targets into a trap. Uh, further, another Oathkeeper turned informant called the FBI tip line in November 2020 over fears the group planned to go, quote, to war with the United States government, but investigators didn't connect him until March 2021. Hmm. But unlike the Whitmer fednapping <laughs> plot, where the FBI arrested their targets before any attempted kidnapping could occur, the FBI did not use any foreknowledge about possible violence on January 6th to prevent what happened that day, despite connections to several uh, informants. The question is, why not? So let me stop right there. I got some noisy thing outside. Huh. Okay, a little distraction. So the question is, the FBI uh, tried to entrap people. Uh, with this, this Governor Widnapper, Widmer kidnapping hoax. And yet they had informants months ahead of time about January 6th, and yet they let those folks come in, walk into the Capitol, uh, and then, uh, you know, I think use them in, in the plot. So that to me, the fact that the FBI knew these folks were going to Washington, they knew they were going to be part of the protest, they knew all about them because they had informants in there, and yet did nothing about it and let them walk into the Capitol, to me is proof that the FBI is in the coup. Yankee? You are still there, I hope. Ah, okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. I'm getting a whirring noise, so maybe something's going outside. Maybe someone decided to, uh, you know, build a house next door to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can just, just hear something going on. So, so that, that's, that's the evidence. That's the evidence right there. The fact that they had formants in groups that, see, to me, this means that they wanted those groups in the Capitol. They wanted them there. Why else would they have informants there knowing that they're going to the Capitol and let them do it? If, you're really into, if, you, if your security determines that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys present any kind of a danger to the government, would you invite them in, open the doors to the Capitol, Take away the signs that designate the restricted areas. Tell the police to open the doors and let them in. If, they, if you really believe that they were doing an insurrection, especially an armed insurrection, would you usher them in and say, come on down like the price is right? No. 
this is, I think this is prima facie, as they say in legal terms, evidence that the FBI not only knew that a coup was going to take place, but they, were, they helped engineer a vital part of it, which was to get Trump supporters in the top floor of the Capitol so that the real coup could take place underneath the Capitol and nobody would ask any questions. And they're still not asking questions. So the fact that this to me is this oh, is why they don't want people to understand. Go ahead. That Capitol Police that killed Abbott, he needs to be brought to trial. Oh, Michael J. Byrd? Of course he does. He's an assassin. He shot Ashley Bass. Luckily, uh, murder don't have yeah. no, no statute of limitations. So at some point in time, he can be going out there if he's still alive. Of course he can. Oh, what do you mean if he's still alive? And then the to... family should file for reparations. Yeah, they should. Just like <laughs> George Floyd and many of these other incidents where they have sued cities for the liability, the same should be done by his family. And let's see what the NAACP say then. So where's the NAACP? Where's the ACLU? They're what I, what you call gatekeepers. Oh. You know what I should do is um, I'm gonna I'll make another recording too. I had uh, a woman from the ACLU in Florida, and we disagreed completely on a lot of stuff, but we had a great time talking. It was really fun. Um, so I'll bring her on. It was quite fascinating. All right, so. I'm still getting a, a weird noise. Can you hear any weird noise coming over my you microphone? Don't, you don't have the effect. That's another thing. There needs to be more blacks voicing these type of opposition to what uh, they try to make the norm. Then they wouldn't know how to handle it. Well, the more black conservatives, the better. Uh, the more black voices that the more uh, black conservatives, the, the better. Yeah. And they got to be. They have to be knowledgeable. Well, that goes for any advocate. Yeah, and this is why I'm so worried about this, this, uh, these, uh, this American sovereignty stuff, because people think they're, they, need to go to a, they need to be a member of some organization to get their freedom, already have their freedom. That's, that's the crazy because part. they don't ask questions. That's the same thing with Kanye West and Irving. They uh-huh. didn't consult with people in the know before mm-hmm. they jump out there. See, if, you, if you're in that type of realm and you're making that kind of money, you can just mm-hmm. go ahead and make the money. Yeah, athletes need to go ahead and athletes need to go ahead and bounce the ball and run the ball and make the money. Right. <clears throat> because what happened they throw you off of that out there throw you out of that realm and now mm-hmm. you out there poor. There's one thing you don't want to be in the United States that's poor. <laughs> that's for sure. Um do you think they're trying to bankrupt Kanye West? They're trying to take away all his money, his endorsements, his property, his everything? Denies him? Make what him uh yeah. What you got going on, you got some other blacks that's in the same type of profession that he is. They're probably coming around the back door and say, look, I can re- look replace me with him. Oh, uh, okay. So they get the money. Huh. Yeah. They're the ones that go along. They, well, I guess you, they, see, they used to accuse Michael Jordan of that, too. And he oh, made was he too white or something or what? Did they, they say he was no, too white? No, he wouldn't speak out. Say? He wouldn't speak out. Oh, he wouldn't or, speak out. See, everybody wants a sports, sports a spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Kanye West, all the athletes bring assets. They assets are their followers, and their mm-hmm. followers have eyes and ears for advertisers. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many fashions that you see that hit your stores, and was based on what rappers wore when they were doing performances, even down to the Timberlake shoes. 
So when the, the audience, their followers see that, then they say, I'm going to get me some of those. Did you know that Adidas came out with a tennis shoe that had leg shackles on it? Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's hysterical. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until uh, they would complain about it and they stopped it. Just like Barbie, whoever makes Barbie, they got a black doll with a, that's pregnant. They call it the abortion Barbie. Oh, no. Oh, really? That's ridiculous. Yes. An abortion Barbie? Yeah. One of the favorite childhood books with black characters is Mommy's Going to Get an Abortion. You know, this is so See, this is real deep. sick. This is sick. This is really sick. <laughs> what? That's why I'm hated. <laughs> Not on this show. You know who hates you? Who hates I'm you? hated by both blacks and whites. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where I stand. Yeah. Well, I know yeah, that, they don't uh, like me. Coming. They don't like me coming on the show. Uh-huh. You know, you have a black host and you have some white regular calls. They don't like me to come on the show and tell the black host, "Hey, no, you're wrong with that." <laughs> so, are the whites being dutiful uh, whites? You know, sucking up to the black host, saying, "You're wonderful. You're great. You know, you must be right because you're black." Yeah, I mean, what, what are the what are the white callers doing? Especially if they got one who's an African, a Jamaican immigrant. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yes. You mean an African-American? African <laughs> well, they don't like to identify. You know that uh, you have some African groups that's got their own social uh, celebration, like beauty contests. You got the Nigerian-American beauty contest, the Ghanaian-American uh-huh. beauty contest, Ethiopian they don't hang out with the black Americans. See, that's fascinating. Well, Africa is segregated by country and by culture and by ancestry and everything else, you know, because, but it's funny that Americans look at Africa as just black, you know, uh, and leftists especially. Well, they're all black, so, you know. So where's the diversity in Africa? That's, well, it's that's all over native, the place. That's native blacks that do that, and it's basically in some groups. They try yeah. to do that with the Indians, too. They want to mm-hmm. count the Indians. And the Indians say, nope, that ain't none of us. <laughs> well, it's almost cultural appropriation to say African-American because it lumps all black Africans into one group, and you can't do that. You've got a whole continent with uh, entirely different countries, histories, ancestries, groups, families, cultures, clans, everything. It's kind of uh, yeah. kind of narrow-minded and bigoted to say African-American. I'll, I'll bring that up next yeah, time. Yeah, it is up. narrow-minded and bigoted trying to yeah. say that all blacks in America are the same because they're not. No, of course not. And a lot of it has to do with which nation and state you're in. You know, Californian uh, uh, black folks are different than, uh, I'm sure, Missouri are different from Maine. Well, it's probably not too many in Maine. It's cold. Yeah, up you are absolutely right. It's the nation states. You got the southern them. You got yeah. the yankee them. Uh-huh. You got the uh, far west, the no, northwest. Yeah. Well, let's keep using it. Let's keep using nation state when we talk about you know, the things we formally talked about as states. So nation state, and we've got election deniers and election liars. <laughs> I'll post it on Facebook too. Let's see if six people find it. Let me let me do another. And you got organic fuels. Organic fuels. That's another one. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, transgender Democrat instead of Rhino and gelding old party. You know, we got a bunch of new terms. We we come new terms all the time on the show. It's really kind of fun. So the last little bit. It's let me just back up. It says, but unlike the Widmer Federal Fed napping plot, 
where the FBI arrested their targets before any attempt at kidnapping could occur, the FBI did not use any foreknowledge about possible violence on January 6th to prevent what happened that day despite connections to several informants. The question is not. Well, actually, they, they didn't have the National Guard. Uh, they took down the, the signs, uh, the restricted zones. They opened the doors. The guards, you know, the Capitol Hill police let people in. They had a guy in a bullhorn telling him to come in, and he had Ray Epps telling everybody we have to go into the Capitol. So this is, this is uh, the FBI is so guilty of a coup, it's, it's, uh, it's laughable to, for them to pretend otherwise. Then it says the FBI also ran informants in the Proud Boys before January 6th. Last year, FUER, F-E-U-E-R, FOIA revealed that the FBI embedded one informant in the group in July 2020, advanced planning before the election. The informant was involved in the first breach of the restricted area as scores of Proud Boys made their way, chanting and shouting toward the Capitol on January 6th. One member of the, as they say, far-right group, was busy texting a real-time account of the march. And that's from FOIA, who reported that in September 2021. The recipient was his FBI handler. Oh, there you go. Another FBI informant was associated with a separate chapter of the Proud Boys uh, that also participated in the events January 6th. So all these folks in the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, they had uh, their FBI handlers who were helping coordinate the coup by bringing them in there. And that's how they could bring them in to blame them. They needed those folks in there. They needed the scapegoats. And so all these groups that were brought in thinking they were supporting the constitutional provisions of January 6th, to uh, challenge the, uh, the electors, you know, the Brandon versus the Trump electors, they were really part of the coup. So the FBI, the deep state, the, the Congress, the, the rhino Republicans, who I call transgender Democrats, the real Democrats, you know, uh, were all part of this coup. And so that's why it was so essential to get those folks into the Capitol um, on January 6th so they could commit the coup underneath the Capitol. So it says here, uh, I read that, I read that, I read that. Uh, here we go, last paragraph. Now it appears that the FBI had multiple assets dispersed among the Proud Boys. A last-minute discovery dump last week by prosecutors includes at least 500 pages of possibly exculpatory evidence, in other words, stuff that sets you free, related to the FBI's confidential human source operation within the Proud Boys. Jury selection for the first trial is scheduled to start, to start December 12th, so that's you know, less than a month away. The Times reported late Monday night that at least eight FBI informants were placed in the Proud Boys. And there's more to this, too, but I think we, we get the, this article goes on for a while. Um, but uh, you get the idea. So all these folks were there um, assisting the, the FBI uh, in the coup. I've got to find out what that noise is. I've got to find out what's, what's making that crazy noise. It's, it's driving me crazy. Let me play some in the meantime, mute myself, and I'll be back in three minutes. So since we've been talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other things here, let me find for you one of my favorite pieces, the January White Sale. No, it's not racist for all you people that want to accuse me. This actually makes more fun of white liberals than anything else, which is the whole point of it. I'll be right back. Here it is, America, the answer to riots, brutality, and all our racial problems. The return of the January white sale. Are you a guilt-ridden white person? Are you a person of no color? Do you want to finally assuage that guilt for slavery, the Civil War, the KKK, and black people sitting at the back of the bus? Well, here is your long-awaited answer. The Black Lives Matter Department of Reparations has come up with the perfect solution, the return of the January white sale. Now, in years past, this was a big deal. After Christmas, sheets, towels, pillowcases, and other white linens were sold with their biggest discount of the year. In today's new normal world, however, things are going to be very different because Black Lives Matter is changing the original white sale, and now they are actually going to be auctioning off and selling white people. 
You, white, guilt-ridden, ashamed of your whiteness, complete cowards, bowing your heads, kneeling, raising your hands like at a revival meeting. You, you with your eyes cast down, you whimpering liberals hoping to buy your way out of a debt of guilt that can never be fully repaid because no leftist of color wants you to. You, you will have the chance to experience what no black person experiences in the United States today. Slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. Isn't this great? You will be on the cutting edge of social justice, and you will save the taxpayers some $14 trillion of reparations national debt. Black Lives Matter has gone to a lot of trouble to erase our history and remake society so guilty white people can finally feel free of their white supremacy. George Soros and Bill Gates have already created the Venture Capital Fund to establish Racebait Consulting, Incorporated, which will be handling the actual white person sale in January. So, who is available for purchase? Oh, and part of the deal is that white people can't be bought by other white people. That would defeat the whole theme of the event. Anyway, to the question. Your basic rifle on the pickup truck, racist, sexist, Islamophobe, Neanderthal, redneck male, is probably not going to sit around and be put in an auction, even if they will be well cared for by their new owners. What we will have available are liberal, surrendering, drilly man metrosexuals and emotionally distraught and disillusioned feminists, both of whom have already knelt before a designated agent of Black Lives Matter to confess their white privilege. So how do you guilt-ridden white people sign up for the January white sale? It's easy. Contact your local chapter of Black Lives Matter, show up at a rally with a flag saying, take me for the January white sale, or simply sign up at the next mass kneeling confession of white privilege coming to a neighborhood near you. The new January White Sale is made possible by a grant from Racebait Industries, Incorporated, and put on by the new normal, new improved Black Lives Matter. Who says we don't have fun here? <laughs> I love stuff like that. I have more of these. I might play one more before we're done. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a little bit extra on there. Anyway, let me play this, uh, get you in the mood for news again, and be right back. Yes, welcome back to Action Radio. back let's uh let's have some fun here we got uh well let's see if yankee has any comments uh, on stuff in general let me check also our live chat nope no one's on live chat um we had one person on live chat yesterday so much i invited him. i said why don't you call on the show I was like okay <laughs> so they did that was kind of funny um but yeah anything um where do you see us going events of this week it seems like we've uh the storm has passed whether the election was stolen trump's announced for president i think we're kind of in a uh, like a pre-Thanksgiving mode here. I don't see a lot of big news stories uh, in the next few days, unless of course some of those elections get corrected. But uh, I think they're, they're really heading for business as usual. McCarthy's going to uh, be in charge of the, of the House, which means nothing good will come out of the House. And the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell's already surrendered the Senate, even though he's likely to get you know a 50-50 split. But uh, he'll say that Kamala Harris is the... Uh, um, oh, wait a minute. Now, they'll say the Senate belongs to Democrats because those two independents, well, I don't know if those two independents are counted or not. I have to check it out. Anyway, McConnell's going to surrender the Senate to the Democrats just like he did two years ago. And so business as usual. And uh, we'll have to uh, have a really good Trump election and a, a uh, potentially decent Congress or just go through the Congress. 
and say, look, you know, we're going to have our citizen legislature legislation will be so strong. Uh, it won't matter who's in Congress. I mean, that's ideally where I want to get to. Your thoughts? Think we're in a bit of a lull right now? Well, there's a, a lot of things going on. I think it's some hanky-pink going on as far as the – well, we know it's some hanky-pink going on as far as the elections mm-hmm. are concerned. Mm-hmm. And the key thing is, you know, it's still everything go back to the key thing. You, if you don't straighten out the 2020, mm-hmm. then you're trending on very shaky ground going forward. Well, we were right think. about that. And you can't blame it on you can't yeah. blame it on Trump because you got members of, of the Republican Party that just sat on their hands. Yep. Yep. I got some more articles here. Another American Greatness article. I might uh, I might get into this one. But yeah, the, I don't know which is worse: the fact that the Democrats steal the election or that the Republicans let them. It takes both of them to do it. Well, that may mean that they both in on it. So in that regard, then we have uh, we have basically the transgender Democrats, which are the rhinos, and uh, the regular Democrats, and, and and maybe just maybe about thirty or so um, decent people in Congress in the House Freedom Coalition. That seems to be how it's designing lining up. And you got a few senators I like too, Rand Paul, um, and some of the others, uh, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee. Um, Josh, uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his, uh, Holly, uh, Tom Cotton. There's a few decent senators, but not enough. There's not enough America first people in there right now. Okay. Let me try an article cold. <laughs> Actually, I got a couple of articles here we can go for. So let's, let's just try this one just for the fun of it. November 12th, uh, third world electorate. Candidate quality, how about voter quality? Matthew Bowes or Bowes, B-O-O-S-E, November 12th. Uh, that would have been twelfth uh, was. Hmm. Yep, that would three. No, the election was last week. Anyway, we've been after the election. He says, like the Democrats after twenty sixteen, Republicans are bewildered by the results of the midterm uh, elections and are busy searching for a scapegoat. The establishment blames Donald Trump, while MAGA blames Mitch McConnell. Others, echoing Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables remark, are inclined to fault the ignorance of the electorate. This blame the voter narrative has, may have a taste of sour grapes, but it makes a, a good deal of sense. Poll shows Americans shared the pessimism of the Republican base. If voters don't like the way things are heading, why did they reward the people running the show? That's the question I'm asking. Nobody wants to say it, but Trump didn't make Pennsylvania vote for a potato <laughs> any more than Mitch McConnell did. The truth is, Pennsylvania's got what they wanted in John Fetterman. The left's cynical, sentimental approach worked. Voters identified with a victim in a hoodie with a superficial working-class image pushing class envy. If we're going to discuss candidate quality, Dr. Oz can speak coherently. He should have won easily, and there's no reason to suppose another Republican would have fared better. The problem here is voter quality. The picture we got from Tuesday is that, is that of a decadent, vegetative electorate easily swayed by platitudes and sentimental appeals fervently attached to its entitlements. Within the living memory of many Americans, abortion was widely illegal and considered a great evil. Americans now appear to regard it as a treasured right. In Montana, voters even rejected a measure to provide life-saving care to infants born alive after a botched abortion. Republicans perform well with married men and women, the people who should be the center of our civic life, while Democrats dominated with unmarried women and the twitchy, you know, nihilist Gen Z. Again, voter quality. 
Pianki, do you think they're onto something here? Do the voters suck? <laughs> Is that our problem? Yeah, as long as they keep as long as they keep investigating. <clears throat> That's another. You need to have a lot of investigative. Uh, I guess you can call them reporters. Mm-hmm that's very versed in the history of the people that they're investigating. Yeah. See, I've heard this before too, that, um, that they, they, they blame the kids because the, the kids are indoctrinated by the schools. They haven't had the schools blamed yet, but the kids indoctrinated by the schools, they're nihilist. Uh, I guess that means that, uh, the, the, they want not, you know, uh, what is nihilist? I have to look that up. I forgot what that word means. It's a, it's a philosophy thing. It, it means, means like something or nothing. Nihilist. Hang on here. Yeah, destroyed. It was their minds are being destroyed, and then they're being. It's just like erasing a uh, hard drive. How we, you know, how they used to format format hard drive. They erase it, then re reformat it. Yeah. So they're being reformatted. Well, it says a person who believes that life is meaningless and rejects all religious and moral principles. That makes sense. <laughs> that's where that's where our kids are right now. Well, they, they've got that from school. They didn't get it from their parents because they don't spend any time with their parents anymore. That's one of the big problems. Here again, again, equality. Where did, Republicans, where did Republican messaging stumble? The party perhaps could have been more affirmative about what they support, but they cannot be blamed for betting that voters would re- recoil at the ugliness of the alternative. Even the Democrats are surprised by their success. The choice here was pretty stark. You can vote for more crime, child mutilation, and toddlers in masks, or you can vote for us, but you have to give up your abortions. That was a, there was a rational choice, and the people didn't make it. Those expecting a thundering rebuke of tyrannical COVID restrictions, Biden's incompetence, the border crisis, and economic mismanagement underestimated the passivity of the people. See, that's where I was. I was thinking, it is so bad, people cannot rationally vote for a Democrat. You have to be crazy. You have to be insane. But then we underestimated the passivity, uh, and I'm reminded of how, how I couldn't believe that people would so easily wear masks that they would line up and take a, a gene jab, you know, for COVID, that they would do all the things that they did, that the Karens would accuse uh, anybody who walked into a store without a mask, they'd shriek like, uh, like, like howling wolves at them and say, oh, like an, an invasion of the body snatchers. They give that, that, that invasion scream. You're not wearing a mask. You have to conform. Follow me. Do what I say because I'm terrified of everything. And, you know, and that's what happened. And I thought enough smart people would vote. But uh, maybe it gets back to my basic thing that uh, idiots shouldn't vote. People who don't know, stay home. Watch your football. Drink your beer. Leave the rest of us alone. You know, the vote should, the, in fact, the more people that vote, it seems like the worse the vote turns out in terms of quality. Pianki? You own to something. Well, I'm not. The article, is, I think, is on to something, too. He says, in the end, the people rewarded their abusers. Why wouldn't they? In 2020, a minority of the country was attacked and disparaged for opposing school closures, masking, and lockdowns as the majority fell into a panic trance. <clears throat> we were part of the, uh, the opposition, in case anybody has any, any doubt. <laughs> I was part of the opposition before, anybody, before we even knew what was going on. February of 2020, I came out against, uh, against the, the, the COVID shot, against uh, trying to do a vaccine on short notice, and the fact that the government had anything to do with this. Because you know, uh, we already had the cure. We already had the cure from uh, Marseille, France. Dr. Didier Raoult and uh, Dr. Zelenko here. We already knew how to treat COVID back in March of 2020. Everything after that is government hoax and fear. This is in the end. All right, here we go. They said uh, uh, mass lockdowns fell into a panic trance. They hung on every word from tyrannical, grandiose, quote, experts like Anthony Fauci, who we affectionately call 
Dr. Fascist. Some 90% of the U.S. adults got conned, uh, some coerced into taking a vaccine that for many likely did more harm than good. What do you mean likely? (laughs) Definitely did more harm than good. This is the GOP's dejection is understandable. If the party can't score a red wave under these conditions, then when will they ever? Obviously, they won't. Those dispirited by the outcome should take another dose of reality and consider what elections will look like after another 10 or 15 years of mass immigration have taken their toll. It's not a pretty picture. Those inclined to say the GOP was not persuasive enough or that Trump's toxicity is the issue are missing the forest for the trees. America is balkanizing. Its elections are going the way of the third world, and so are its people. There is no easy solution to this predicament, but the answer isn't for the GOP to ditch the one man who excites the party base, that would be Trump, nor is it to pander to the lowest common denominator in the hope of buying more time before the demographic time bomb goes off. If it's any consolation to the party, this this election showed showed us that the country is so deeply divided that the GOP probably couldn't have done much better. About half the country cannot be expected to vote rationally under any circumstances. Republicans give up any illusion of convincing them and focus on delivering for their base. It's kind of interesting, huh? I tend to agree. I didn't underestimate the voters. There's something stewing in the pot. Something is stewing in the pot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they don't want Donald Trump. Donald Trump's the one person that could cut through this uh, this divide between the the unexcited Republicans uh, and and what's really going on here. It's it's quite fascinating. Let me give you another one here. I found this too. This is intellectual conservative. It's a place I used to write for. Um, I haven't for a while because um, getting my articles logged in has been an issue. But uh, um, Rachel Alexander runs the site. And she's uh, moving up in the conservative world, too. So I'm going to contact her and see if I can start writing again. So this is called Republican Stockholm Syndrome by Steve Stockman. Uh, This is 1110. So this is uh, two days after the election. And he says, along with many others, I wrote a post-mortem on the Republicans' poor showing in the 2022 midterm elections. The only difference is that my post-mortem was written before the election. My first line was, I write this before the 2022 election has occurred, leaving no doubt as to when it was. He says, and in fact, I'll I'll take a look at that article in a bit. Frankly, it was brave for this publication's editor, George Rathley, to publish before the elections an article criticizing the failings of the people in charge. This is especially true since so many were already popping champagne corks before the elections even occurred, talking about the coming red tsunami. Republicans should be very, should be wary of the sure thing. And I felt that uh, we sounded like Hillary in 2016 with an overconfidence full of hubris uh, full of hubris. Boom. As I mentioned in the article, the signs of what Democrats were doing, particularly the architect, puppet master Obama, was in plain sight, but many ignored the signs and didn't connect the dots. Democrats' methods are classic Marxist revolutionary practices, an example of how it works. As soon as the theme slogan was chosen, the well-orchestrated minions of loyal leftists repeated the lies over and over, a traditional form of brainwashing, such as democracy is on the ballot completely avoiding Biden's absolute total failings in every category. If the election was a referendum on Biden's failings, there would have been a red wave. But the establishment Republican leadership avoided repeating their own unifying slogan, highlighting a simple theme. Remember, Reagan drove home a simple slogan. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Government radio, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, newspapers, TV ads, memes, and Obama-Biden rallies all promoted Democrats' latest slogan. The attacks were false, hate-filled diatribes, repeated ad nauseum, driving it home like a throbbing migraine. 
It is important to understand that these over-the-top Nazi death camp hate-filled extreme slogans are directed at the Republican base. They are used to suppress the vote, and it works. Turnout in the Republican rural areas was far less than it should have been. Enthusiasm was not as high as one would expect. For a voter, it was time to take revenge for the last two years of abuse, but the abuse did not have it in them to fight back. The Democrat violent rhetoric was to make good-hearted Americans second-guess their beliefs. Let me write that again. Do that again. For the voter. It was time to take, a, take revenge for the last two years of abuse, but the abused did have it uh, in them to didn't I should say didn't that's what it says, but the of abuse, but the abused didn't have it in them to fight back. The Democrat violent rhetoric was to make good-hearted Americans second-guess their beliefs. There's more to the article, but I want to stop there. So yeah, so yeah, they already knew. Um, I was wondering, you know, that's why I said red wave, red tsunami. You said, I said, yeah. I said there might be a decent vote. Uh, I was wrong about that. Uh, the, the vote was terrible. But what I said was the Republicans are going to find a way to surrender. That was my prediction before. Even if they win, they're not going to win. They're going to find a way to give away their power. And so they didn't win, so they don't have to give away their power. They just have to you know, keep things as they are. But does this make sense? Uh, it's a similar thing to the previous article, that Republicans are like uh, abuse partners in a, in a violent relationship. And they don't know how to fight back. And they, don't, and they won't fight back. Hence gelding. Well, you know, something, it can't be under logical terms that people don't realize the financial and economic condition that they're living in. Mm-hmm. So they had to be convinced out of their minds. And then, too, they thought and still do think that they're voting against Donald Trump. Yeah, see, that's the worst mistake the Republicans make is, is fighting Donald Trump. So you've got uh, Donald Trump and America Firsters, Patriots, Independents on one side, and you've got Republican establishment, you know, the, the, coerced, the coerced base, the abused children base. You've got the entire Democrat Marxist left combined with the woke corporations, big tech, uh, and the, um, the corrupt media. You know, we're outnumbered. And... Using yeah, the power we may be, but we got to continue to we got to continue to fight. They oh, yeah, can well, be whipped. You just got to. It can be it can't be coming from one direction. It has to come from all around, mm-hmm. and it has to be pressing. And most yeah. important, Greg, yeah. uh-huh. you got to get to the, you got to educate your kids. Yeah. Because a battle, you want you want to be satisfied with a. A simple skirmish or a simple battle, you want to win the long-term war. Yeah, I should uh, start uh, talking about empires in decline. We should cover the fall of the Roman Empire because that's very similar to what's happening here. We should take a look at some of those things. Um, I want to finish this article. We only have a few minutes left here, about 13 minutes. But uh, this is fascinating. And a lot of these analysts are saying very similar things, or I'm just pulling up the articles that uh, seem to be saying uh, the same thing. What's interesting, though, Pianchi, is that one of the, the one variable, the one that we talk about here, citizen legislation, hasn't been tried yet. So this is a, a, an entirely different thing. And like I said, I'm gonna be, I'll be contacting uh, Trump campaign folks, you know, and see if they would consider. And some of some of my new friends, you know, in high places, uh, if we can get to uh, President Trump and start talking about introducing citizen legislation as a as a viable part of their campaign, particularly. And I think the most important bill is going to be the constitutional amendment uh, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. If we could do just that one thing, 
I mean, I want to go with a lot of things in the, in the thing. But if Trump takes on that one issue, that will change political dynamics forever. Because all because people hate Congress, you know, even though people vote for members of Congress, they don't like them particularly. They have a lower approval rating than the used car salesman. So this would be a perfect time to have a constitutional amendment from the states, not in a constitutional convention, but in a resolution. States pass by resolution that they want Congress to uh, adopt this amendment and ratify it. And then it goes back to the states for final ratification. But don't do it in a constitutional convention because the Constitution will be lost. So from res- state resolution no, to Congress, back to the states. Constitutional amendment is not by, by, not by revising the Constitution. It's by adding amendments like the Constitution said it should be done. Well, I know, but here's the problem, though. The Constitution has a flaw. It says that the Congress, you know, by, uh, by a two-thirds vote, can propose an amendment, ratify it, send it to the states, and if three-quarters of the states ratify it, it becomes part of the Constitution. What, this, what the Constitution says for the states is that the states can meet in a convention to propose amendments to the Constitution, and if those are ratified by the states, then it goes back to the uh, Congress. What I'm saying is that constitutional convention would completely screw the Constitution because the liberal states, the deep the, uh, the corrupt media, the woke corporations, and the billionaires would totally destroy the process, and we'd lose our Constitution. So my the liberal plan, states would lose anyway. The liberal states would lose anyway because it takes the majority of those that want to have the convention that would be thinking along those lines anyhow. No, you know, you know, you know, every well, state's invited. Yeah, but they have to. They, yeah, but they have to sign on to it. Uh, for instance, uh, not Michigan. What's that other state up there? I guess it is Wisconsin. Michigan, Michigan Wisconsin? had me. Michigan, oh. no, Wisconsin, I think, have signed on to uh-huh. it, but Michigan has it. So yep. you're going to have three quarters, or you're going to have 38 states that sign on to it. They're going to outnumber the 12 that didn't. Yeah, but just but the, the states that don't sign, yeah, I mean, you would assume that, but what I'm saying is that the states, you know, what if they call for a proportional representation? What if they do it by population? And, and what if they do it by electorate count? as opposed to what if they change the rules, which they could easily do, because the Republicans will surrender. I am terrified the Republicans would surrender to a minority of the leftist states coerced by the leftist media, you know, uh, and have our opinions squashed by big tech censorship and the woke corporations, you know, just like PayPal, finding people for having uh, beliefs that they don't like. You know, I think that once the convention opens up, you know, the left will take it over like they've taken over everything else. So that's very dangerous. So this is why I say the well, process should go. They, I don't think the left will take it over. It's, see, it, it's authorized by the, the uh, Article Five, right? And uh, the the way you're going to see, Congress can't stop the convention. Convention become Congress originates in the states. Mm-hmm. This is power to the states, power to the people to make these changes. Uh, they make the change on, on the debt, make the change on what you just got through making mention of here a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Those changes need to be made. They can be done by amendment. You don't have to open the Constitution up. See, but, if you, but for the states to initiate a constitutional change, you do have to open the Constitution up. That's the flaw. This is why I'm saying the states need to pass by resolution, which is non-binding. But it certainly gives a sense of what's going on. If the state, if three quarters of the states pass a, a resolution saying that Congress should um, pass a, an amendment that takes away their power to borrow money, uh, and if the Congress doesn't do that, that's resolution, when the states resolution is not binding. 
Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not binding. But it would hopefully influence Congress to pass the resolution by two-thirds and then send it back to the states for ratification. See, that's why I'm hoping to go with resolution. What? Yeah, but it don't have to start with Congress. It can start with the states. It really is want to no. be bottom up. Okay, but it should start in the states. Resolutions. Resolutions right. are not bounding. They do resolutions all the time. Cities do right, resolutions to. You're missing my point. My point is that the states cannot initiate uh, a constitutional amendment unless they're in a convention. That's, that's the why they're going to call it the COS, the, the, the Convention of States. Yeah, they're but that's come dangerous. Together yeah, but and they're they going to decide can... and say, this is what we need to no. do. No, no, I, I don't trust the, it. The states, the states control the federal government. Right, I agree. But what I'm saying is this right, constitutional so this the, convention will not take the strictly the amendments that we have. You know, they'll they'll screw with the constitution, the liberal states will take over and the conservative states will let them because they're 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 wimps. Liberal states are not gonna be part of the convention anyway. They they don't even in Illinois haven't voted to join the COS. Yeah. All the no, states think, in the well, South will vote. Yeah, oh, I know. And I think it's a mistake. I'm, I, just, I want to hold it there because we only have a, in the interest of time, and we've covered it. We, people have listened to both of us. Uh, I am against the Convention of States. Uh, I've said it many times. I think it's going to be open to, uh, to having uh, the Constitution, the whole Constitution opened up because they're not going with specific Do language. Do you against specific proposals. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution? Yes, I am. I am against it. I, I think it's a mistake. I think that the states yeah. should be able to, uh, to propose amendments. So you know amendments. you're going to be outvoted, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> yes, you are. Even Florida is signing on to it. Well, I know Florida's wrong. Florida needs to revoke that. No, the way to do it, the, the way the Constitution should have been written. See, is the, the, the representatives, the legislature, the representatives of the people in the state of Florida signed on to it. Right. That was a mistake. You can't get more democratic than that. Well, I'm not interested in, 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 in democracy. I'm interested in keeping our Constitution. We're specifically not well, a democracy. So what I'm saying is, but well, here's the yeah, interested in here. People, the people that signed on to it interested in that also. Right, but you're not hearing what I'm saying in terms of uh, the the process. So what I, what I'm saying is what the Constitution should say, and maybe maybe there should be an amendment to Article Five. It should say because the Congress can institute can initiate uh, a constitutional amendment without a convention. Well, of course they meet anyway. But the states should also be able to initiate a constitutional amendment without a convention, just like they do, just like they do in this ratification vote, signing on to uh, the convention of states thing. And just as the states are individually signing on to that, the states should individually be able to vote on a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Well, yeah, they can do that also. That's when they talk about the debt. But if Congress sends something to the states and the states say, no, that's not the way it's going to be, it's going to be this way, Congress has no choice because the Congress, the makeup of the Congress is by the permission of the states. Right, but it still takes two-thirds of the Congress and three-quarters of the states both to make an amendment to the Constitution. That's when it comes that's, Right, that's when it comes from the states. It can't start at Congress. Congress is yes, never going to do it. They're no, never right, going right. to do it. Okay, so all right. So, so the, the the fact is they can, but they won't. So I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is the yeah, states. So no, there's no procedure. The, uh, there's no procedure in the Constitution that the states can 
ratify an amendment to the Constitution without convening a convention. That's where the problem is. What I'm saying is the way around that is that the states pass it, pass this uh, uh, constitutional amendment by resolution. It's not binding. But if enough states do that, maybe Congress will get a message. And if they don't get the message, the people will get the message, and they'll start voting people into Congress who will cut off their ability to borrow money. Did you know that Mississippi didn't ratify the 13th Amendment till I think, in 1976? I believe it. You know, things yeah, take a little so that's what I'm saying. If states yep. don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. It has to start oh, with I know. You're, people you're, the lowest one of the ladder, and that's right. the way you're, it's going to be. I know. You're speaking practical reality, and I'm talking about the way – I'm talking about a procedure the way it should, it should and could work. Let me just finish this article. We've got about four minutes left here. Congress uh, – so you just got to keep in mind Congress is never going to do it. They never would cut their salary. They're not going to do it. Of course it. not. Well, it's not cutting their salary. It's cutting their ability to borrow they're money. They're not going to – they're not going to stop borrowing, and they're not going to stop right. uh, proposing budgets that increase the debt. They're not going to do it. It's going to take the people who are going to be mostly affected by that to do it. Right. And the way they so do what? it by doing it is having the state conventions. Now, there's another way. States do it by resolution, and the states start withholding money from the federal government until they pass it. That's the way to do it. Convention. I want, I want to avoid a convention at all costs. I do not want a constitutional convention. Okay, then suppose they that's where, then, that's where we when disagree. they stop for a while, when they stop for a while in Congress, they say, okay, we're going to do right, but when the money starts coming back in, they don't do right, then what? Oh, that's possible. Yeah, you're right. It has to be in the middle. See, then yep. you got to be able to tell them that you are doing something that's unconstitutional. What's unconstitutional? Spending money the way you're doing that well, has to be regulated, and only could be regulated with amending the Constitution. That's the only way Congress is going to do it. I know, I know, and Congress I agree with you. Congress going to do it because we, the state of Mississippi so, want to do it. You get 49 other states and say we don't want to do it that way. Yeah. So here's the thing, Pianca, we're, we're arguing for the same goal, but we got two different ways to get there. So let's let's uh, let's hold up at that. I well, want to finish this I'm article. For, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I know what you're for. I mean, we, 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 I think we both stated our cases quite adequately. Now it's up to listeners to decide where they think it should go. So this is back to the article, Intellectual Conservative, Russians Suffer Stockholm Syndrome. And that's, Stockholm Syndrome is where the prisoners love their captors. They're, they're so, they're so uh, abused, they're so conditioned, they're so brainwashed that they actually think of their captors you know, as their benefactors. And that's Stockholm Syndrome. The article says, last little bit, it says, like a woman in an abusive relationship, the abused start to believe the lies of the abuser. Hearing through all the aforementioned sources the incessant mantra of you're no good, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, you're against democracy, you're a violent extremist, you're horrible, finally takes its toll. While many find the Democrats' false accusations laughable, that would be me and you, many Christian kind-hearted, many Christian kind-hearted start to believe that some of it is true. This is the first order voter suppression of our base. This is first order voter suppression of our base. The purpose of the January 6 hearings was nothing more than to demonize millions of Republicans, even the repeating even the repeating Biden's lie that the police died that day and there was blood everywhere. It was all by any standard an unfair false betrayal of what really happened. Those themes, all lies are voter intimidation and suppression, verbal violent abuse of the conservative base. Honest voters were beaten into into submission and began to identify with the abuser. This is why I also listen to Action Radio and share our show. We will help you fight back. We're not backing down one inch. We don't care. 
we're, we believe in truth, justice, and the American way. We're, you know, we're, we're like uh, you know, radio supermen <laughs> and women. And so, so if, you, if you're looking for a place you know, where you can go and, and safely talk about these issues, this is the place. Okay? This, is your, this is your ultimate free speech zone. This is your safe zone. And this is your activism zone. We will train you to be an activist. We will train you to be a lobbyist. We can train you to write bills. That's what we do here. This is the cure. Uh, this is the solution. Anyway, back to it. It says, those themes, all lies. Wrote, you know, okay, I read that. We are, we are to accept that men can get pregnant, that all whites hate black people, that there are 36 different sexes, that less police brings less crime, that children know if they want their genitals cut off. And if you question any of this idiocy, you are a hate-filled Nazi. That was basically the message. I think he's right on. It says, they accuse the conservative, you, of everything they are doing. This technique is descri- described in Rules for Radicals, the book dedicated to Satan about which Hillary wrote her graduate thesis. The book outlines how to overthrow America. Yeah, it's called projection, by the way, where you do something and you accuse somebody else of doing something. That's called projection. That was my 10-second warning. Yeah, we'll be fine. It says, now the methods of the leftist cabal are out in the open, right in front of you. Our next move is to recognize and remember how they operate, anticipate their evil. No, my next move is to get bills passed. But I'll talk to the author about that. In short, back to the article, Republicans need to turn the tables, understand their craft, and go after the left's base. Both African Americans and Hispanics are ready to vote Republican, but we need to target them with the same vigor with which Democrats go after our base. Only we don't need to either lie or abuse them. We just need to open their eyes, show them the path off the Democrat plantation. The deepest threat to a committed Marxist is exposing their base to the truth and what the socialists are doing to sway them. In short, tell the truth repeatedly. Uh, that's what big tech censorship is all about. That's why they, don't, that's why they censor conservatives because they're, they're protecting their base from – the article says the truth is like water on, a wicked, on the wicked witch of the West. Truth is Marxist kryptonite. Wake every morning like they do with the goal of targeting their base, exposing them to the horrible plan these Marxists have laid for them, expose them for who they are. I think we do that. I think that's our job here. I think he tells our, this uh, article author that it's already happening. He says, if these followers of Marx and his atheist religion of socialism succeed, they have victory. Then you will be enslaved. Victory for them is loss of our nation, your individual freedom, loss of your family with unlimited great sorrow. Followers of Marxism, Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot, murdered hundreds of millions. We cannot let it happen here. And that's from Steve Stockman, uh, taught campaign strategy for years, uh, including for the Republican National Committee, uh, Constitution Party, and Tea Party groups. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get them on the show. That's it. That's, uh, that's my last article I wanted to cover today. You think he's right? I do. It makes for a good lecture. <laughs> okay, I'll oh, see yeah. you tomorrow. Thanks, Bianchi. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow's the early day. Tomorrow we start at 6 in the morning. And Saturday, Saturday I'll be broadcasting from Creek Tribal Headquarters. I will be there um, from, well, actually I'll probably be there around 5, 5 in the morning, Saturday morning, but from 6 to 9. And then the Creek Fest starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, and so when I'm off the air, I get to go watch. I get to go participate. It's going to be fun. So if you want to join me out there, come on out to the Creek Tribal Grounds. Uh, so go to the Santa Rosa Creek Band Facebook page, Santa Rosa Creek Band Facebook page, and all the details of the Creek Fest will be there. And so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, lots of parking. The travel grounds are pretty big. Um, don't be surprised if an eagle flies overhead. That, that kind of you know, happens a lot 
um, at the uh, at the Powwows and the Creek Fest. All right, just got a couple more things to play for you. I think do I have anybody else? Uh, let me see if I have anybody else commercial wise. I think I've got everybody covered. Let me just see if there's one. I don't think I played Strike Force. I'm play Strike Force, and then I'll see you tomorrow on the show at 6 a.m. Central Time. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. Sorry, I want to play a little Beethoven. You know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get here. I have all kinds of music. I'll be bringing more music onto the show just because, just because I like music. All right, I'm out of here. Talk to you tomorrow. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.